0: I think, I think we're
1: okay. The cat is kicking my nose while looking <laughs> <Yeah>. really smug.
0: <laughs> cats look anything but
2: smug? I don't think yeah. so. I think genetically programmed oh. to do that. Oh. They can look ashamed.
0: On a, on a way to <laughs> but, but smug, maybe, my, my new Fallout character's name. <laughs> <laughs> but smug. I, I don't yeah. think Codsworth can say that. He can't say my current character's name either. He can say mine. You can't say inappropriate Sunday. Who may or may not be post apocalyptic Janelle Monet. You never know. <laughs> <laughs>
3: nice. I'm going to go out on a limb and say is.
0: Yeah, you're not wrong.
3: Tux and everything. Uh, you're not the only person I know who's put their character in a tux.
0: Yeah. One of my like, colleagues it- at
3: work is running around with uh, themselves in a tux and
0: Piper in a suit. Ah, uh, see, this is the thing, it's like, oh, but if you're not wearing armor, why happens if you get hit? And I was like, I just won't get hit. <laughs> also, later in the
3: game, you can actually uh, armor those outfits.
0: Ooh. Ooh. Ooh, a reinforced
2: tuxedo. Spoilers. Oh. I always have one on hand. <laughs> oh, just in, case <laughs> easy. Yeah, just in case, just in case, well, that as well, but like, just generally, it's really cool. Because like, you just, soiree. you want, exactly, you never know when there's going to you- be a smart party.
1: I used to do that with a red glittery dress, but then I decided to just wear the newsboy cap the entire time and look like the biggest lesbian in the waist.
3: Yeah, my character was running around in a flannel shirt and the newsboy cap with her girlfriend. Same. Post apocalyptic lesbians. <laughs> to <laughs> no, the Noisy fuck? Jack Show, also known as World 1 Stage 1. <laughs> I'm Simon, and joining me, the same as last week, are Jack. Oh. Yeah! Rob. Hi! I'm Irish.
1: I'm a... Woo! And Zoe. Hello!
3: And you're joining us in a conversation already in progress, because... Before recording Zoe and I sat down and watched the first episode of Jessica Jones so we have some initial impressions to
4: Excellent. share with the group. I have not seen it. I fully And Rob, group. you've seen all of it? Uh, no 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 no. I've not seen all of it. I've seen uh,
2: up to episode 7, I believe. No, 6. Um so I'm I'm going to I'm just going to let you guys talk about episode 1 um because It's just such a good show.
3: Oh, it's good. I mean, it's just a a full-on first impressions thing. And, I mean, when they first announced Jessica Jones, I was a bit weirded out because it is a very grown-up, and I choose those words rather than adult, for obvious reasons, Mm -hmm. uh, comic. But after seeing the way they handled Daredevil for TV, I thought, they can actually deal with the shit that comes along with doing Jessica Jones. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I've seen episode one, as I say, so I've barely seen David Tennant. He's barely in the first episode, but Mm -hmm. oh boy is Kilgrave's shadow all over that episode. And, yeah, they're not shying away from the subject matter at all. No. But... I didn't think it felt exploitative in any way. No, cuz it is the story of Jessica Jones who the whole thing is overcoming the trauma and becoming the hero. Yes. Uh I, I said to Zoe there's a kind of Lisbeth Salander light vibe coming off her the whole turning trauma into an unorthodox way of doing good. Uh and I I'm really digging it so far. It's um it-
2: it's really well presented. Um I mean, you've put it in better words than I ever could, but it's um it's 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 challenging, um, and it's it's just well made. It's I mean, aside from obviously the issues inside, like it's it's written beautifully. It's shot beautifully. like Hell's Kitchen has such personality once again, but it's a different personality as well from the one we've seen in Daredevil. Um, it's they've they've got identity down with these Netflix shows so far. Um like the thing is I'm I'm shying away from talking about anything to do with what happens in it whatsoever. Um, but I will say that David Tennant is he's incredible. Obviously his character is we all know he's pretty he's he's ah oh, is irredeemable. But uh the way it's portrayed and the way they fight against that, it's just it's just amazing.
5: Jack. Hello, your wow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like,
2: okay, everyone's gone quiet. Uh, um, oh yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry.
0: Again, just first impression. I will. I will watch more. This is just a first impression based on the first episode. Okay. It kind of feels like they're trying to out DC DC. That's that's the first thing I think of. Like, really? It just feels way too grim dark for the sake of being grim. Um, and. It definitely had the. It had a problem that, that Daredevil managed to skip around, which is, I was, I remember with Daredevil going, "It's a Netflix original show, and they don't have to show fucking every five minutes." And they're right. right, right in the middle of Jessica Jones episode one. Like, oh, okay, there it was. Like, okay, just just because you can do that doesn't mean you have to. Um. Yeah, but the but I mean,
1: subject matter of Jessica Jones. Kind of immediately one leads that you have to start talking about dominance and exploitation in sexual relationships. Does it though? That's that's literally the theme.
3: Because, like, the whole thing about. Like, how the theme of
1: Daredevil is that Matt Murdock is ridiculously Catholic and therefore you're probably not going to see so much of the fucking, you know?
3: And, yeah. and also he's a lawyer and the concept is a lawyer's sense of justice, frustrated in the courtroom and therefore taken to the streets. Yep. The, the main thrust of Jessica Jones is about um, escaping victimhood and moving on from an allegory for domestic violence and abusive relationship and turning that into strength And so intimacy is going to be part of that. And actually, right, the sex scene in the first episode, I kind of really liked it because it wasn't TV sex. It looked like sex.
0: Yeah. It wasn't
3: explicit. Uh, It it wasn't explicit, but it it felt honest, as in how sex happens, especially casual sex between strangers who are, uh, let's face it, both super-strengthed.
0: Yes. And other other than the fact that uh, in that scene, Jessica Jones was still essentially fully clothed, it did. I see what you mean about it not being uh, like TV sex, which again made it kind of weird that this this was a 15. I don't get 15 from watching this. <laughs> like, <laughs> no this so is, do I, I have to say. Yeah.
2: I think that comes from the point where, at the end of the day, uh, and whether this is a right decision or wrong decision, that's. You don't see tits. And it's. Yeah. It, they're obviously going to make sure that. Their audience demographic is as large as possible I'm not yeah. saying it's necessarily right yeah.
0: uh, and I, for, and from a
1: sense, and from a censorship point of view, yeah you see sex but you don't see nudity yeah so just,
0: yeah <laughs> um, also I mean uh, you guys are more on the ball with the um, uh, with comics than I am, having only seen the the rough synopsis and stuff like that of Jessica Jones' comic thing was, like, the synopsis I've been given so far of, like, her time, her, you know, her breaking away from Kilgrave and all that, it's that he made her an accomplice in his crimes. There's none of the, let's put it out that, rape implications in the comic. The well, I've seen from mm, the synopsis is sees.
3: But the thing is, mind control is inherently a rape allegory.
0: Absolutely. Mm, mm, yes.
3: And that's that's the purpose of it yeah. in the Jessica Jones story is to be, as comic books and science fiction do, using an allegory to talk about a subject without actually doing the subject.
0: yeah. And then this thing, and then the TV show then also also on top of that does the subject, and I, I just... Well,
1: that's, I feel because like it's, that's because I think we've reached a point where the allegory is too see-through is too obvious and all, all that happens if you use an allegory that is too flimsy is that people are going to be annoyed that you're not actually addressing the issues
3: but the and same- it wasn't no the thing is it wasn't just that he made her an accomplice he made her his lover yeah they lived together in what appeared to be to the outside world and to Jessica Jones to well, a mm-hmm. in her mind a consensual relationship. Right.
0: Which and is, it wasn't yeah. which again is a perfect analogy is, and yeah it's Exactly. It is uh, Yeah. Uh, it's just it's it is uh, you know, we can't lie that it is an easy one to sort of um pick around and, and sort of sort of, it is it's I think uh, it
1: I think it works the same way that, you know, the the half black faced and half white faced aliens in Star Trek were a perfectly usable, useful allegory at the time but Mm. that was the 60s and if you do that now everyone's going to laugh in your face and also deride you for the fact that you're using the world's flimsiest allegory
3: Yeah, and his backstory (laughs) is that his daughter was conceived because he was mind controlling her mother you know, rape is a part of Kilgrave's backstory, it's horrible but it's there
1: they're just accepting it for what it is these days rather than going and it was mind control and never really yeah. addressing just, the fact that that's traumatic and horrible.
0: It, and I know this is sort of, it, it's like a, a, the, the massivist of a is It just really doesn't sit right with me. And I know it's not, it's not supposed to, but it's this idea that Oh, I don't know. I'm i really struggling to put it into words. Which I is think the problem I have. I, I think it, I think in a in a
2: way like I think it's very much like you're like I think that's totally fine
0: if you take that from that. You know what I mean? I, I think what the problem is. I there are, I've seen so many instances before um, of and again using you know so uh, mind control is the analogy, but they're also throwing in the like what it is an analogy for as an actual factor into this.
3: Well, except that that is Kilgrow's backstory. It's always been yeah. literally there as well they're as allegorical. they
1: now, now ex- it's just that now they're accepting that yeah. the allegory is not a good allegory because it is actually rape.
0: I, th- I think what is it, is that yeah. in a lot of things that I've seen before, uh, where rape has been used as a character motivation and things like that, it is it is rife in a lot of things, and I think that has basically sullied my sort of first impressions of it like so i'm gonna keep giving it a yeah, joke. Yeah, it, could
1: be, it could it could have easily been sort of bad cat woman backstories and things like that
0: right and this thing is like it, it's happened in so many different like comics movies tv shows every video games all these things before um that makes me just it, instantly as soon as it comes up to go oh that, it's it's it feels a little bit like why did, did you really have to was there no other sort of more- is there a better way well, well, Again, yeah, I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not saying we shouldn't the address it. Yeah, I'm not saying we shouldn't
1: address it. Sorry. Yeah, those backstory, you know, but those bad backstories often are, you know, character X had terrible things happen to her at the hands of not an actual major villain, you know, like a yeah. dad or an uncle or something, and then she becomes a hero when she like probably kills him or something yeah. and it never really comes up again and it's yeah. just sort of thrown in there for flavor in the background whereas for Jessica Jones it's something that is very understandably present all the time
5: and effective. this
1: is a major this is a major villain mm. you know this is her major villain and you know any character and their nemesis will have an extremely Complex relationship And because the nature and of a mind speaking,
3: control Yeah They can't avoid the topic because it is The subject matter Absolutely. Um, I think It's going to come down to how it's handled as a season As a whole mm. And what gives me hope for that Is seeing certain people's Commentary who have seen the whole show For example I couldn't help but notice Zoe Quinn comment on it On Twitter mm. um, And To give you a couple of the quotes, yes, she says, if you're a domestic violence survivor, you might really want to make sure you're in a good place to watch this show. Yeah. But real thankful for media with a superheroine pushing through her PTSD to do good things for others right now, probably for other reasons. Um, And saying you know there was a lot in there she recognized from her own story. And basically, it all came down to the comment, Jesus, fuck, Jessica Jones is good, but really hard to watch.
0: Yeah, uh, that is, I think, a very, adding on the but very hard to watch. It also doesn't help that...
1: Well, and so was Daredevil at a lot of points, because, you know, you're dealing with extreme child abuse in Daredevil, both for Kingpin and for Matt Murdock himself, because like, I don't think we can actually state that his mentor wasn't a dick. Like, not, as up, not
2: as not as upfront as the issues
0: in Jessica. Jones, I don't think but, I yeah. ever cringed in in Daredevil. I like I, did. I, did. I, did. I, skating, I did so many times, like, joints popping as he takes that,
5: yeah.
0: <laughs> and it's amazing.
3: I cringed at a lot of the flashbacks to Kingpin and his father. Mm. That was pretty rough.
0: But with with Jessica Jones, I it, oh, it, like I said, the, the end this, coming. To, I'll explain my, my my review of it was you know I was. Just trying to sort of put something as blunt as possible. Like I, I will admit, I felt very, very bored. I, I get you. You liked the script for it. I felt it. I liked it. A lot. But for episode one, I thought most of it was incredibly lazy, bland, uh, film noir sort of paint by numbers stuff. Do you know what I think? Do you know what I think sums up? And this is going to be a
2: really kind of um self, not self-indulgent, but maybe a a drawn out metaphor. Okay. For Jessica Jones, you say the um the film noir thing. The theme music that starts uh, Jessica Jones off is very like film noir. We're talking about how the show is presented. Okay. It did like the opening credits. Actually. The beginning starts and it's film noir. Mm-hmm. And then as that music pro- like progresses, there's this rage that's building underneath with all these drums and these guitars, sort of primal sounds coming mm. up from underneath it. Um, that's what I feel the show is. Mm. I think uh, on the surface. You could say, oh, it's a film noir. It's about a, you know, uh, a superhero who happens to be a private detective. Who's got a lot of issues at the forefront of her case at the moment. And this is the story. Mm. Uh, and I think it, it it is slow. It starts slow. I won't deny. Yeah. Um, but it kind of just crescendos. Yeah. Like every episode that I've watched so far, it just adds another layer. Okay, and it 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 puts you in a because of the because of the content, and because you root for her so much against this this animal, um, yeah, it feels like you're with her in this charge against the uh, the onslaught, and it's good. It's really good. Okay, and that was me really
0: desperately not trying to say yes, anything man, about what's. I can what? see you <laughs> trying to leak out your fucking eyes. Um, but yeah, like I said, my review was just bored, 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 depressed Because, oh, I felt fucking harrowed uh,
2: You you can't help but take
0: away what you take away from something you yeah. know So And, you know, that's and, totally fine And people seem to think that, that was a, like, a review saying I didn't like it and, No, I, I of can course, tell, well It's very difficult to say when I, when I, like, hearing what I said on this episode And from that review of saying bored, 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 depressed Doesn't, I mean, I can, I, I don't, I can't say I liked it But I'm not saying I didn't like it. Like, I'm going to give it another, I'm going to give, you know, the next couple of episodes a go for definite. Yeah. But it's, as expected, it is a difficult, difficult one to get through. It also doesn't help that we, we we watched it. I mean, I I was going to watch it eventually, I guess, but we watched it when we did because Rowan was really interested in seeing it. Um, There were a lot of people on Tumblr recommending people watch it. And weirdly for Tumblr, not one single mention of any trigger warnings. No one mentioned what the That's the, really
1: weird because literally yeah. every single post I've seen about it has been there a trigger warning, here. the same as there were with Daredevil. I haven't seen a in, single in post. In fact, that the wasn't posts heavy heavy I've seen on Tumblr
3: warnings. Have been very clearly. I recommend you watch it. But here are time codes and specific trigger warnings for shit that you was, you yeah. might that was want the same as the, all
1: the posts I saw for Daredevil were like specific time codes to avoid, you know, his training, his youthful training scenes, specific time codes to avoid Kingpin's backstory, all of yeah. that. Yeah.
0: We 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 see the thing is none of none of that. It was really kind of weird, and so yeah, going into it felt. It was sort mm. of a bit out of nowhere, if you know what I mean. I mean that yeah. might again have soured soured my initial impression, and I'm going to keep pointing this out just in case people are getting upset yeah. on listening to this. Which no, that's is- fair. No, no, not you guys, but like listeners and whatnot. It's like I yeah. am going to keep watching it. I am going to struggle in places because it, or oh, it, oh it's uncomfortable, and I don't and there's nothing yeah. wrong
2: with and there's nothing wrong whatsoever mm.
0: with, uh, saying you know
3: it's it's going to be a tough watch. but i think but, I, I think mean, the
1: trio of of the netflix shows you know luke cage jessica jones and daredevil they're sort of doing okay yeah let's do realistic superhero mm. things on the grounds street that level the, heroes street level heroes on the grounds that here are three very, you know, because Batman's main trauma is not hugely relatable that he's an orphan billionaire, you know, Um, but okay, here's three really, really realistic and relatable traumas of, like, you know, of a really hard childhood in many ways for Matt Murdock with disability as well as, you know, his dad and things like that. Yep. Um, the very realistic issues of post-traumatic stress, and then the sort of racism issues that inevitably you know lead to the creation of a black superhero who's immune to bullets. You know. Yeah,
0: that's yeah. Speaking of, because um,
2: am I right in thinking? Obviously, you said the trio. Am I right in thinking that Iron Fist has been officially dropped? That is what I've. Have we heard, heard this story? Oh.
0: They're not doing it, or they,
2: or they just don't know what they're doing with it yet.
1: I haven't heard I'm, I'm anything about it for so long. Yeah. Huh.
0: If if it is coming back, it's going to be way behind
1: Luke Cage.
2: Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's fine for them to take their time, hmm. you know. Um,
3: but, but one there's thing no I will reason say about they
1: have, to have all of them at once.
3: Uh, one it's thing I will say about really this: something. everyone's breaking up. It's a terrible connection, unfortunately. Ah, oh, shit. Okay. Fair <laughs> um. But oh, one thing I will say about this series is this is following Alias Investigations, mm. which is clearly riffing on the Alias arc of Jessica Jones. And it's interesting, Rob, that you should talk about how the intro starts film noir and builds into something much more contemporary and angry. That's exactly because, what it is. Yeah. The story of Alias is the story of when Jessica Jones quit being a hero because of the trauma she'd suffered from Kilgrave and the abusive relationship um, and yeah. rediscovering herself as a hero. So yeah. she went film noir and then rebuilt her herself, really, um, and indeed ended up in a relationship with Luke Cage. But another little interesting note, possibly for a next season, given the film schedule, is that it? Also revealed that one of Jessica Jones's old friends was Carol Danvers, mm-hmm. uh, so possibly a way to intro Captain
0: Marvel. Yep. yeah, we, she's linked to pretty much. She is like the the fucking Kevin Bacon of the Marvel universe, isn't she? Like <laughs> yeah, she went, a little bit. She went to school <laughs> Peter Parker. She got her. She got powers after an accident driving home from Disneyland, where she got the tickets from Tony Stark. And yeah, Oh, oh okay. guys watch on. But yeah, I mean, um, I, so my I think my re- my review when I say I'm going ahead with it is it is incredibly uncomfortable, and I didn't okay, I didn't enjoy watching it. That does not mean that it is bad. Mm-hmm. It can be really good at what it does, and really make people not want to watch it. If you know what I mean, that exactly. is fair. Yeah.
3: because it is really yeah. good at telling its story. There are going to be people who are literally unable to watch it, and that is entirely yeah. reasonable.
0: And the thing is, I'm I, you know, I've not got any sort of issues coming into it. So it is just a completely raw first impression thing that's maybe just like, oh, this is actually just a bit too near uh, the knuckle. Know. Yeah. Um so I don't know. Um and fucking hell, David Tennant scares the bejesus out of me. <laughs> oh like just just Uh, just
1: turning up as a creepy hand on your shoulder
0: you know I'm afraid
2: afraid to say that those moments like when he's being invasive in that manner Mm -hmm. like that's fucking nothing yeah that's all I'm saying (laughs) this guy David Tennant you know how much I love him (laughs) but oh my god is he difficult to deal with I (laughs) I I I I don't think I've ever seen him play a villain Oh, well, he's the villain in couple uh, of Fire, isn't he? Is he? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and in, in fact, you know, a lot of this performance reminds me, and this just shows how much of a fucking dweeb, dweeb I am for <laughs> tenant Man, but he was in a uh, a short... Um, you want to put your bum in his bum? I'll put my bum in his bum. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a short serial called uh, Secret Smile, where essentially he played... Uh, he's basically a stalker uh-huh. in this, and he's fucking... He's really kind of deranged in that, um,
0: really unhinged, and it's. Uh, I think when, he's fucking when, amazing in it. When, when you take an actor who is known for being sort of wholesome and and smiley and yep. charming and energetic and, and just right? a, a hero, yeah. yeah, right, and then you and then you. Flip them into something sinister, it worked really well. So case in point, David Tennant, but also case in point, Elijah Wood. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like uh, from Frodo to um Sin Kevin City. the Cannibal. And yeah. <laughs> so he was in that um, our remake of Peeping Tom, wasn't he? And oh, yeah. Was it yeah. Maniac or something like uh, that? I cool? didn't see it. I didn't see it. Um, that was...
1: Matt Smith mm. did a similar thing as yeah. well. He went directly from Doctor Who to d- being Patrick Bateman in remember, the like, stage you know, version. Yeah,
0: Which my friend saw and I was so annoyed. And he's also in Terminator Genesis. Yes, he is. And he's
2: also he also plays a villain in, a, a, um, oh, what's it called? Ryan Gosling directed this film. And he was just watching TV one day, saw an episode of Matt Smith where he... Um, you mean not he, who? What did I say? I saw an episode of Matt Smith. <laughs> <laughs> the Matt Smith show where Matt Smith just does things. But people call him the doctor for some reason. He's just very really um, tall. I yeah, think. yeah, he's strange. No, he watched, he was watching the episode called uh uh Nightmare and Silver. And there's a there's a whole section in it where Matt Smith plays against himself, who half of him has been taken over by a Cyberman. Um so he's having like an inner a battle, kind of a very golem kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um but Ryan Gosling was watching that and put uh, instantly cast Matt Smith in uh, in that film, which Lost I Lost River. I, Lost River, thank you. I was gonna say that's how R- you
1: that's how you sort of cement your position as a character actor. Oh, of course. Which is the better long term strategy that Yeah, you absolutely.
2: Believe. Absolutely. Yeah. It's um you know, it's really worth mentioning, but uh, like like tenant like has built to like this kind of position in his career like he's he's not kind of (sighs) i don't know what it is like i obviously he needed time from to separate himself from you know the big role yeah as it were um he's been in bits and pieces he has been in bits and pieces and stuff he's been in a few films
0: and stuff but now i think this is this is the thing he was in
1: that itv thing
0: and yeah and he was in um he was in the Fright Night remake, wasn't he? Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But what,
2: what I think what I'm trying to say is that I think I think Tennant has more than shown his acting chops up against, shall we say, like the last villain uh, that we saw, which mm. was obviously Vincent D'Onofrio. And I think Tennant is like well in the same ballpark now, and it's like it's it, a, he's it, amazing. It's, at so, this. it's
0: so weird when I go back and I, I saw uh, what's it called on the plane on the way back from Spain. Saw uh, people watching Jurassic World and seeing Vincent D'Onofrio and and that and going, fuck, that was the same guy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) it (laughs) just shows it's the script. It's it's all in the writing. It's 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 what you give them. Oh my God, that reminds me. That totally reminds me. Go. Another thing I remember from a bit of the episode last two weeks from this one that you guys recorded. Um, Simon, about uh, Star Trek. Yes. The, new, yes the new series um, Yes we, What are your we, thoughts on it's, it? It's going to suck um, <laughs> but, Oh absolutely it is uh, Yeah I, I just need to put this out there Because it's something that Alex pointed out to me actually Is that what, What's the name of the guy Who's like The executive producer Q
3: <laughs> No, <laughs> Alex in
1: no. Go I
3: wasn't saying Q um, from Simon what was
4: his oh.
1: name?
3: Oh uh, fuck Who did Kurtzman? they put in charge of it? Alex
0: Kurtzman uh, Kurtzman yes Yes Is it Eric or Alex or Alex Kurtzman Kurtzman Okay there you go um, it's something that Alex pointed out to me, which is, if you look at his movie filmography, mm. as a writer, he is
3: carcinogenic. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> I believe I brought up some of his franchises.
0: Star Trek. Uh, there was yep. another one as well, which made me go, ah, but that. And then, Alex pointed out to me, he, for TV shows, mm-hmm. he was executive producer on Transformers Prime. Yeah. Which is really good. Apparently so.
3: But I think. Well, yeah, I mean, he was also on Xena, um, but also on Hercules. And um, what was his role on those? Producer again. Producer- Co executive producer and also writer, but only of like one episode yeah. in each. You see, in, in a producer role, I, I think it's
2: different. Like, obviously, you do have some create, like, um, input into how obviously the um, the making of this film is going. So, in a, in a but, but you're you largely have a the lot- guy
3: paying for it. Yeah,
2: yeah, oh, yeah exactly. Yeah, absolutely. But.
0: It's so, it's tricky, isn't yeah, it? Like is to know where I, that's going to land. I'm, I'm already going to assume it's going to be death. But, well, you know, the, but he sucks as a writer of movies. Yeah. But a writer of movies and an executive producer of a of a television show are like Ark. Mm-hmm. Very, very different disciplines. Very, very. You can bring oh, very course, different things to of them. Of course.
3: And, yeah, but the remake of Hawaii Five O wasn't great. Was that him as well?
0: Yes. You know what? I have heard good things about it.
3: I've not, I've not Limitless seen Limitless is supposed to be good. um I don't know whether the Sleepy
0: Hollow TV show is any good again, I've heard good things well, so, those are things he's executive produced yeah it, it's, it's it's I mean it may just be that he is good with big arcs, but when it comes to writing a movie, he just fucking flounders Do you know what this would
2: be a really good vehicle. like this would be like a star, like Star Trek it would be a really good vehicle for like new young writers who have like everyone knows like like even
3: though it's going to be obviously set differently we're still going to expect some kind of familiar format with Star Trek. Mm-hmm. Like, Well, here's a shocking idea. Maybe they could have an open script submission policy and allow anyone to send a script and then produce the well-made ones, and then they could get scripts sent in by completely unknown writers and also the titans of science fiction. Yes, yes, well, yes, yes, absolutely. Yes, 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 yes. yes, You know, like the way I mean? Star Trek has always been made. It could be nothing but an opportunity. Like, this,
2: like if, if thrown to the right people, this could be incredible. Like, a blank slate Star Trek show would be awesome to watch, as we were discussing before. Like, it could be, like, set Way in the future, like into bits that we haven't seen yet. Um, it, it could be anything, and it could be awesome.
0: Yeah, yeah. the thing is, I, I, like I said, I'm going to keep going back to. It's going. Yeah. To <laughs> I don't want to. Yeah, yeah, but, but, I felt like again, just I'm. I remember listening to that and going oh, I must point this out when I'm on the next episode. Going, mean, however, you know, it, it 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 could surprise you. It won't, but there is that possibility. <laughs> um. So, you know, just 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 putting like that. But uh, the fact that it's an on-demand thing just sounds like yeah. just, just death. death. Um, so I'm, I'm with you, Simon, on this. It's going to suck. But there is that little bit to throw in there as a, as a, but what if? It's more like... At the same time, we've just spent
3: a little while talking about how much we enjoy Daredevil and how we have strong opinions about Jessica
0: Jones. And they're <laughs> both on-demand things. Netflix. Absolutely. But Netflix, Netflix, <laughs> Netflix has got a bit more pedigree than the thing that yes. I don't remember. NBC's
3: but stuff? CBS, CBS. What you have to remember about CBS is this is a new service, so it either means they have no faith in it or the faith in it that it could make their service. All right. You know, they're That's- trying to... It, it could be a flagship show that you they're trying to bring people in. Nice. <laughs> nice.
5: <laughs> because yeah, what they are
3: doing is showing the first episode on broadcast television. So oh. they clearly want to generate buzz and an audience, and they go, "And if you want to see more,
0: pay up." <laughs> Which is <laughs> the easy. first hit that's is like free. highwayman
3: tactics.
2: No, that's drug dealer tactics. Uh, yeah, that is more. <laughs> it is as well. I just thought I thought of the first criminal that came into my head I was like, I want highwayman! What the fuck?" <laughs> <laughs> you want to
0: some
3: <laughs> Someone likes me. You're Doctor Who, clearly.
0: But yeah, um, so yeah. I just thought I would throw that in just to say I am current. Um, so yeah So has anyone been to so the cinema? I have been to the cinema recently What
2: did you watch? Well, has anyone else? Yes What have you seen? Spectre I saw Spectre too. Oh. Let's fight Because I know we're going to have different opinions <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, right. I'm probably going to be with you actually I'm, <laughs> to be, I'm actually probably going to be with you um,
0: So sh- do you want me to go first? Can I point something out? Go The last Bond film I saw before Spectre was it a View to a Kill? It was License to Kill. Oh. Mm. Yeah. What? So you've not seen Goldeneye or nope. uh, any of the ones in between? I've Which are quite a few. The last Bond I saw was Dalton. I don't think I've seen Brosnan. You haven't <laughs> missed a lot. Uh, you missed Goldeneye.
3: Goldeneye that's Goldeneye's, good. Goldeneye's, Goldeneye's
1: good. Goldeneye's awesome. good. Everything else yeah. is terrible. That's the
3: one film that he's missed. I, it's, honestly, yeah. I can't stand same. anything
0: that came after yeah. it. And I haven't seen any of the Daniel Craig ones, although I have been told that... Skyfall apparently. is the only one. Wrong. Well, Casino Royale is a masterpiece. Okay. Jack, apparently yep. you went to see Tomorrow Never Dies with Jen. Have I? Apparently uh, so. I've never seen Tomorrow Never Dies. Apparently you went to the cinema to see it with her. You saw
5: the no. With me.
0: We would have been, what, eight at the time?
1: No. It was- We were teenagers?
0: No, not with- No. Not with- No. Are you thinking of your imaginary friend? <laughs> i known a writer in my uh, IMDb search. <laughs> um, but, um, well, Tomorrow Never evening. Dies was 97. So, Tomorrow Never Dies was 97, so we were nine years old, which means we went and saw it at the cinema before we, we met, Jenna.
5: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, no, no, we did not go and see it at the cinema. <laughs> so, Spectre, the
2: most recent of uh, 007's outings, um... Uh, you know, there were some interesting things that I liked in it, but generally, uh, I think it fell short of the mark that Casino Royale and Skyfall put up. Cool. We ignore Quantum of Solace. Fair enough. Because that is a film that was Nobody
1: written- knows... Well, nobody... I saw Quantum of Solace, and I still don't know what happened in it. Okay,
0: okay but I'll the reason... Something you should- I'll explain it to you, the plot. The villain of Quantum of Solace... Uh, gains control. Is of water, the CEO water.
1: of Nestle.
0: He wants to. Yeah, he gains, basically. He gains control of all the water in Peru mm-hmm. and increases the price by like thirty percent. So people have to pay slightly, more, well, quite a lot more for their water. Now this is the reason. why my wife goes While,
3: while this, it's an asshole move, it's not actually illegal. But you know what's what My, my is favorite legal? thing about Sending that film. an family.
0: assassin to fucking. Kill him.
2: But uh anyway, the reason why that film is like that is because there was a writer's strike on the time. So they thought, I know what would be a good idea. Let's just all go out with some cameras, some fast cars, some live like rounds, some like lots of guns and stuff, and let's shoot a James Bond film without a
3: script. I don't think they did it with live rounds.
2: Not live rounds, I meant blanks. I shouldn't mix those up, should I? <laughs> you really
3: should remember, Brandon <laughs> Lee. <right? laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, in your future acting career, Rob, make very, very sure you do not confuse light like, <laughs> uh, brown
2: so, oh, so, so, are those are those are those the blacks? No, I'm not putting blacks in these. What are you
0: talking about, you lunatic? Dangerous. They're dangerous. Anyway.
5: <laughs> anyway.
0: Um, so Spectre. Okay. I'm going to I'm uh, going gonna, gonna to stick by your review of it because I fell asleep. Okay. Okay, um, that is my review of, of Spectre. Uh, I fell asleep. Well, can, do
2: you want? Do you act, Are you actually interested in hearing about about it? If you didn't,
0: it if you was, slept through it? it, I didn't sleep all the way through it. Okay. I, I just slept through the boring bits.
2: It was a, so a I slept of, all There
0: was. There wasn't all boring. Like, it was. It, it was mind-numbingly boring. It
2: wasn't. There were bits I thought that were pretty good. Like uh, uh, the, the, do you know the weird thing is, is that this one uh, Spectre actually in a way, tries to fall back on the formula, bond, like formulaic Bond. Yeah, um, yeah. Casino Royale and Skyfall um, are very much... Um, sort of very much detract from what you would usually consider to be a Bond yeah, film. There them- are certain beats that happen in, in Bond films. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean yeah. when I say it like that. Um, and uh, Spectre is the first one in Craig's... Uh, sort of run as Bond to actually sort of return to that. For example the Bond theme plays throughout um, like in Casino Royale and Skyfall you don't have the music or anything like that. You um, um, I'm just trying to think of what else uh,
0: basically it, they didn't use Christoph Waltz enough either. That's This is my thing, it's like it, I didn't care about uh, does anyone mind spoilers perspective by the way? Oh God, no. Okay, cool. I didn't care about Blofeld at all. No in one way. Just, Do you know all why? All. What? Because he wasn't given any fucking screen time. This yeah. is Christoph Waltz, and they completely wasted it. And him. the fact that I didn't care when it was Christoph Waltz, who I really, really rate as an actor. He's oh, he's, awesome. a, he's incredible. Um, and I was just like, eh. See, I, did, I didn't, I didn't care about him. I didn't care about all the stuff back home because I couldn't really tell who the good guy and who the bad guy was supposed to be. Well, the good guy is James Bond. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Is he, though? Or is he, yeah. Of course <laughs> he, he is he and, then, and then, like, fucking Blofeld puts him in a chair that drills into his brain, and it makes it so he can't recognise people. But then he recognises people. I'm like, but why? And it's like, the movie's not going to fucking tell you. It's because he's James Bond, and he's impervious to being stabbed in the brain. It's because he
1: doesn't yes. have one.
0: Yeah, and I'm just like the shit. <laughs> oh, oh, I see. He he looks at the girl. And he's like, I would recognize you anywhere. So the power of love saved him from the the brain. The
1: power of boner.
0: No, no, it was actually love. He 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 falls in love with her. Is that because
3: he's had a brain injury?
0: <laughs> well, that's when it kicks in. He suddenly just like in love with her. It than did just- kind of help, but the, yeah. Uh, the, uh, <laughs> the- oh, okay.
2: Okay, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no the good things about it. I'm just gonna say the good things about it because I think that there were some elements that made this enjoyable film. I will admit the plot was all over the place. It didn't know what it was doing, um, and fr- and frankly, I
0: think it just didn't understand itself as a film. Why didn't Money Pit just I- like save the day? Molly Penny's fucking badass in Skyfall. Yeah, she did some really good Yeah, she did some really good sitting at a desk in this film.
3: Yeah, she did some a lot of sitting at a desk. Yeah. yeah. But See, then I've not seen the film, but I have heard an interview with Daniel Craig about it. Yeah, he and I was really caught off guard by one comment. God. I mean, there were a lot of comments in there that made me laugh because he seems so fucking done with this shit. Oh, yeah, but um, but there they was keep one where giving said, him
1: money and he can't stop. <laughs>
3: yeah, <laughs> there was a bit where he said he got hurt filming because he was doing a big long choreographed fight scene with Dave Batista, and I just stopped for a moment and went, "Now I know Batista's
0: getting into acting, but yeah. really, he's um he's like the Jaws. He's the he's the big burly henchman." Can I just that say makes the, sense? Wait, this, I, I was, this um, uh, Well, can I J- just just what's from Batista? Just, and they will jump. Yeah, right. no, I'm going to talk about Batista. Oh, as well. Okay, cool. Um, you remember how, uh, like, when people used to when people had failed, uh Blofeld, he would press a button and then they'd like their chair would fall into the ground or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Now he, I think that's budget cuts or whatever it is, at Spectre. Because now when someone sort of <laughs> has like uh, displeased Blowfeld, Dave Batista comes out of the wall and scoops their eyes out with his bare hands. I think that's that's a little unfair it
5: is a little unfair
2: because basically what it is is that there's a guy at the far end of the table Blofeld's got all these shadowy organisation people that surround him this is Spectre it's the the international evil yeah evil people group. I can't even remember the um the full the title of it or whatever. Yeah. But essentially, this guy says, "I'm your man. I'll get this job done. I'll kill uh, I I am the most uh, basically says I am the best assassin ever." And um, really in uh, yeah, and then um, Batista then
0: comes out of the wall and fucking just fucks him up just picks, like, pick, pick, basically grabs him around the head picks him up and thumbs him in the eye he, he basically
2: he basically thumbs him in the eyes for a bit and then, and and then, then just he violently jerks him about like a rag doll <laughs> <laughs> um, and then just sort of shrugs as <laughs> if to say questions yeah and he goes questions <laughs> and then they go yeah give the job to that guy um, <laughs> <He's glitty. laughs> so this is i'm gonna tell the story from batista's
3: character's point of view okay so uh, 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 um i can't remember his name but for the it's mr hinks
2: <laughs> mr hinks is it yes
1: that's a really okay, so bad mr. name hinks,
2: or mr hinks whatever he's just wondering about and then he goes right pinks my man you're the one who is going to be charged with bringing down the known assassin and double o operative james bond okay off you go and he goes okay so then he gets in a car and he chases james bond <laughs> and they go down this sort of like sewage kind of passage don't they mm-hmm. and then james bond uses his ejector seat yep. uh, and escapes and tricks, uh, Dave, uh, what, Mr. Higgs into thinking, Higgs, think whatever. <laughs> it, doesn't <matter. laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. He doesn't talk or anything. Um, and, uh, Just call him know, he thinks, oh, he's dead. Okay. Yeah. Drax. Okay. So Mr. Drax is, um, you know, he's still after him. And then this is one of the really good points of the film, by the way, they meet on a train and, um, it's very reminiscent of if you're, if you're a big Bond fan, uh, a fan, fan. Yeah. Um, there's a scene very reminiscent of From Russia with Love, where um, Sean Connery fights a massive Russian man on a train, and it is an incredibly tense fight. It's really well done considering the age of the film. Uh, and this awesome, come on, you've got to admit that fight was pretty good on that it's, train. It's,
0: it, it made Batista look like a fucking animal. He just threw yeah. He's well, just that is the scene him.
3: where Batista injured Daniel Craig. Ah. Uh, yeah, basically,
2: they're going through walls, they're basically using everything at their disposal to just kill each other.
0: There's a point where Daniel Craig is literally just picking up kitchen implements and flinging them just Batista. And they're, just, they're just pots and pans bouncing off Batista's face as he walks forward, looking increasingly more and more pissed off. <laughs> Apparently, before filming that
3: section, Daniel Craig said to Batista, really go for it, make it look good. And that was <laughs> bad advice to give to Batista, because he did, and like, seriously injured Daniel Craig, they almost had to stop production.
2: So, what oh my, I, my point is by bringing this up anyway is that, um, there are this film, it, it's pretty shoddily made, um, and, um, like, the script, it, it's dreadful, like, there's the, 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 the plot doesn't just dissolves in front of your very eyes. However, there are moments which do kind of resonate for being very bond um and for that i appreciated it like um
0: yeah but uh, other than that C- can i also point out as well like james bond is supposed to be a brilliant tactician and fighter right Commander bond yeah you remember the opening scene in mexico yeah By the way, i really like the one long shot they use as he's going over Continuous a shot to shot through to shoot, to shoot a man new mexico the on the like, day of the dead yeah uh, it's not new mexico it's mexico city D- oh, what, oh did i say new Mexico? Yeah. oh i do apologize um and but then he gets into a helicopter. Yeah. And in this helicopter he decides there are three people, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. There is Bond, yeah. there is a man with a gun and a knife, mm-hmm. and there is the helicopter pilot. Yeah. Which one does Bond knock out? The pilot. Yes. He donkey punches the pilot. It's <laughs> above, <laughs> above above Mexico City, the largest city in the world, in the middle of the day of the dead festivities above a crowded plaza. It's the busiest day of that city. Yeah, on the town square. Uh, yeah. And he yeah. gets in a helicopter above like tens of thousands of people and donkey punches the pilot into unconsciousness. Of
2: course he is. He's James Bond. He has a complete utter disregard for human life. Of course. This (laughs) is why when somebody
1: tried, this is why when somebody tried to start getting me to watch Archer and tried to explain it with the, it's like if James Bond were completely amoral, I was just like, what do you mean, what it yeah,
2: Exactly. Exactly. Like, it turns and- out
1: Archer is the nice version of one.
2: <laughs> it does It does kind of make sense, because as he goes in, he's trying to stop the pilot from taking off initially. Yes. Which doesn't work. Yeah. but And they go
0: up anyway. They're 90 feet in the air by the time he eventually knocks the gun. <laughs> yeah, I'm not saying he's efficient at yeah. it, considering, you know, <laughs> like, it takes... The thing is, like...
2: He, he he doesn't know where to put his focus. this old Bond, like one minute there's like, a like kid a candy exactly roll. one minute there's an epic fight on a train. The next minute there's a beautiful girl in a like in a railway cabin. You know he doesn't know where he's he doesn't know where he's at. But, but yeah, he, he he kind of he kind of messes that up a bit. But he does do a cool barrel roll in a helicopter.
0: But he punches out the pilot. Yeah, and he kicks another one out the window <laughs> to thought- his death. The thing is, like, after that, the pilot wakes up and then reaches for his gun and looks back and tries to shoot Bond. So Bond knocks him out again. And I'm like, yeah. if you'd just done that scene, it would have made sense that Bond knocked him out. He's like, oh, shit, the guy's got a gun. Reacts and punches him out. But he very calculatingly <laughs> punched the man in the back of the head when all he was focusing on was not crashing a helicopter into the ground. This is the best <laughs> thing about James Bond. This is what people don't understand.
5: That's right? terrible. The best th-
2: exactly. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. the great thing about James Bond. He just does shit. Like, also, and you're like, what are you doing, you psychopath? Can, can and he carries
0: on. Can we talk about, is it Monica, uh, Monica Bellucci?
2: Not before the biggest punchline of the film. Which is? Which is Ray finds who has spent most of the oh. film angrily walking down corridors, which Ray finds is very good at. <laughs> okay. <All
5: right>.
2: He's <laughs> right? really walking down corridors. He's, he's an angry man. And he's shouting in Andrew Scott's face, who is also a wonderful actor, and is also wasted in this film. However, um, there is a line where Ray Fines, who is now the newly appointed M of MI6, says to Bond, "Which is
1: a huge downgrade from Judy Dunn, She had to admit." But
2: bless her. Well, you know, she does. She does have a, her influence still, shall we say? Oh, yeah. but, um, um, but anyway, um, he get, he says, "Bond, you have a license to kill, and you know what that means." you have a license not to kill. And Bond looks at him (laughs) and smirks. And I'm like, he doesn't give a fuck what you're saying. (laughs) He's going to kill the shit out of every fucker in this film. And he does. Oh, he does. (laughs) (laughs) Wow.
0: Is is she the, the, the first Bond girl in the film? Yeah, the first Bond film, yeah. Can you please explain to me their interaction? Because let me basically put it this way. Bond kills an assassin. Dun, dun. That's the opening bit. Then he you know talks <laughs> the pilot and all that. Dun, dun, dun. Thank you. I'm not going <laughs> <laughs> okay.
5: to. Right.
0: He goes to the assassin's funeral. But the
1: assassin's wife.
0: Right, and he meets the assassin's <laughs> wife. Right, and then he does
1: an assassin marry Veronica
0: and then he gets all cryptic with her, and she's like, "Did you, did you know my husband?" And he's like, briefly.
5: Once
0: again,
1: this is the kind of thing that makes Sterling Archer look fucking swarthy. Why
0: so amazing? Then he follows her to her house. Oh dear! And it's like crawling with guards and whatnot. And she realises that she is about to get assassinated by Spectre. Because her husband failed them or whatever. Yeah, 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 they're on their way. And then Bond turns up and, like, talks to her. And she's all like, man, I fucking hate you. You killed my husband. And (laughs) so technically speaking, Bond is the reason she's about to get murdered. Because he killed her husband, which means her husband failed, which is why she's going to get assassinated.
2: Yeah, so he goes, come on, come with me.
0: Right? And she says no. Yeah. And then they fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and then he goes... He goes, all this right. This sounds yeah.
1: perfectly normal for Bond girls. So. <laughs> and I was like, wait. Like, at least she isn't a lesbian. Yeah, and I was like, I looked at...
2: Because Bond is not someone you can perceive socially. Like, he's on a different level to everyone
1: else.
5: And
0: like, he just
2: does things. And you just either accept them or you get killed. Like... <laughs>
0: And most of the time you get killed anyway. It, that was the moment I first looked at and went, did I just fall asleep? And I went, <laughs> yeah. no no, I, I, okay, fair enough. do you know what? The scene that I did fall asleep through was the dude in the shack talking before he Oh, uh, uh, Mr. Company, White, yeah. Which is brilliant, because that scene then plays on a on a recording later, yeah, on. So later I'm on like, on, Oh yeah. brilliant. That was actually to recap for me.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um
0: It didn't yeah. make no sense to me because yeah. it was also with villains from the early days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Um, but anyway, it, it, we'll move on now. But yes. in in in, in essence, know, it was bad. It it was, but you to know, extent,
0: it was really bad. But <laughs>
2: I still fucking love James Bond, and uh, that thankfully that didn't. I never really that film did. So, I know you haven't. I know I'm i probably probably <laughs> alone on this podcast in that. I've you know since I was a
0: kid. I <laughs>
1: have confused feelings about James Bond.
0: <laughs> oh come on, I. <laughs> I watched a Bond film on the way on the on the plane to Japan. Which one? Uh, I can't for the life of me. What's right, the- I need to give you the Bond films you should watch. Okay, I like, Ross- Bond,
1: <laughs> I like <laughs> Bond as long as they acknowledge he's a terrible person. Of course, Di- he is a terrible. Diamonds
2: are forever. Oh, don't watch that one. Like no. Diamonds are Forever.
3: Sean Connery running around. A I glory. don't mind Diamonds are Forever, and it was also the before Spectre, the most recent use of Spectre in a Bond film. Really. Apart from Blofeld's death.
0: Well, Blofeld's death is in Diamonds Are Forever.
3: No, Blofeld's
0: death
2: is actually uh, as well, yeah. Yeah. But the last we saw of Blofeld up to that point was Roger Moore dropping him up with a fucking helicopter again.
1: Yes, but (laughs) Roger Moore shouldn't be counted because that was clearly some kind of weird... That's some kind of weird parody series as far as I can
5: <laughs> it is. But it is that's why
2: I
0: love it even more. First, I love five, watching more the Bond. The first five minutes of that film, though, are literally <laughs> members of Spectre like grabbing people and going, Where is Bond? And then it cuts to Bond on a beach, going up to a lady in a bikini, like smiling, and then she smiles. And then he grabs her by the neck and he's like, Where is Blofeld? Yeah, like, and then it just cuts again. I'm like, whoa, guys, slow down. And it's Spectre. Picking at like stabbing another guy, going where is Bond? Like fucking hell, what is going on? And then there's an evil lab, and there's mud, and there's a man who's Blofeld, and Bond kills him, and then Blofeld turns up and he's like, ah, that wasn't me, that was a dude. Who's Good gonna
2: evening, look- Mr. Bond. That was a dude
0: who's gonna look like me, and Bond's like, ah, fair enough, and then throws Blofeld into some mud and cooks him. Oh, I
2: don't know. That's one of the scenes, isn't it? Where, like, you just watch Sean Connery trying to be sly, picking up implements he'll be later using as weapons. It is beautiful. No, like, he, he weighs walk-
0: up a lamp in his hand whilst talking to someone. Yeah, but... But he doesn't do that. He just basically lunges and then just uses his skills in competitive bitch toss to throw black into the mud. He got a
1: lot of chances toss. to practice that at public school, okay? So and I was like, What just happened?
0: And then I turned it off and watched Inception instead.
2: But then again, you always just just think back to that moment where, you know, um the immortal Roger Moore thought uh, the eternal uh, Christopher Walken on top of the Golden Gate Bridge. I'm not gonna lie. <gasps> that is
0: epic. I love that film. Yeah,
3: that, that is was, a great uh, film. View to a kill is awesome. Now, there's what? one thing right about Spectre that I want cleared up, please, go on. because I've I've heard mixed reports on this. Yeah, apparently in Spectre, there is a group called Nine Eyes. That uh, is being yes. established. And this is set up as a sort of sinister <laughs> organisation?
1: I'm sorry, this may, it just makes me think of that racehorse, Potatoes.
3: I think so. I don't, I don't fully remember. <laughs> I, <laughs> no, 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 I, I think when so. When is oh, no. Spectre set? Huh? When is Spectre set?
1: That's what? a terrible I mean, question. There's no such thing as a setting time well, for Bond I mean, films. is it
3: modern day? Yeah, it's modern day. It, it's modern day because, because you- there is an organization called Nine Eyes. And not only are we in it, we are one of the founding members that started the original Five Eyes that was expanded. It's. It what? is yes. the name for European cooperative intelligence. Yeah, Why is that. it being set up as some sinister no, no,
0: <laughs> That's that's what it is in Spectre?
2: No, that's what it is. It's just performing its
0: function. It's, and it the, the the thing of it is the whole um oh you know security versus liberty thing. Um and it's all Bond about-
1: just doesn't approve of surveillance.
0: Well, they yeah. say you're irrelevant,
2: Bond. You're a dinosaur. Yeah, they're
0: basically putting.
2: We're yeah, putting the Double O program out of commission. Yeah, they are
0: the bad guys in the sense that they are opposing the Double O thing. But when you listen to them make their arguments, they're basically saying one man with no accountability and a massively <laughs> high body count and a, and a of PPK, a okay PPK who donkey punches pilots above crowned <laughs> areas is. Wait, no, it's not even
3: European. It's just of. English. The the original Five Eyes was like the Commonwealth, basically the English speaking nations. It was the UK, the US, New Zealand, Canada, Australia. The Nine Eyes are that Denmark, France, the Netherlands, and Norway. This is not a sinister
0: organisation that is it's, it's, committed it, to clamping down on liberty. It's South Africa, isn't it? Is the sort of key yeah point. yeah basically a, it, has be, it has to be a unanimous vote. That they have to basically like agree on using ag- it, agree yeah. on this massive internet. Everyone gets to view everyone's security things. They all have to unanimously vote on it. But South Africa doesn't. So they say no. This is this is too much. And then there's a terrorist bombing in in Cape Town, mm-hmm. and it's heavily employed. South-, and... South
3: Africa aren't in it.
0: Yeah, but they are in the movie because <laughs> okay. whatever the fuck. Um,
1: because they can't imply a country that is actually in it would do a thing. Yeah, we'll get and wrong. so mm.
0: and, and so basically. Although I maintain it's kind of weird that they get to see each other's screens, so they know who yeah. knows and yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we're yeah. also up to fourteen eyes in the real world, by the way. Ah, okay. Oh, but wow. and this thing is like, and then and then so because they, nice, they are basically <laughs> trying to um, sort of make people afraid and therefore use them more. Uh, and, and and rely on uh, one-man armies less. So on the one hand, they're evil dickbags. On the other hand...
1: They have legitimate on, points.
0: Yeah, relying on Bond is probably not our nation's <laughs> best fucking chance. Especially, especially, and this is one of the things that I, I, I love they did... <laughs>
2: Like, but there's this, this, this shot that there always is in a Bond film, right? And it's when Q is giving him his usual briefing. Now listen carefully, Bond. Um, like, gives him his gun, gives him a watch that will inevitably explode in someone's face. Yeah. Um, and he says, and now for the of resistance, Bond. Presses a button and the sort of hangar doors open. And there's a glory shot of the Aston Martin uh, DB 10 and it looks glorious. And they're just standing there and then and then Q just goes, oh, no, that's not for you, Bond. That's for 009 because you've been grounded because you've been grounded 007 and then 007 goes. I want that car.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> 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 and then he steals 009s at uh, the And then uh, 009 no is just... No wonder GoldenEye happened. happened. I no
1: fucking wonder GoldenEye happened. when that guy defected to Russia. Like, this like, is like, how I'm Bond old. treats Only his co-workers. Um, <laughs>
2: On the um the list of the dead, that's uh at uh, the bottom of uh, MI six, I believe you do actually see Alec Trevelyan's name, oh. 006. Um, but oh, 009 it. is standing there like
0: a, a fucking knob. I love that, and he's just his, like, car. you just
2: stole my fucking the, car. The, the,
0: the pedal, the pedals on on the side of the uh, the switches on the side of the steering wheel in double nine's Aston Martin, yeah. on It has machine guns. Yeah, oil mm-hmm. atmosphere. Yeah. Right? and he fires the machine guns, but they're not loaded, because, you know... 009's a prick because doesn't no, loaded his machine no, guns. No, because they didn't leave it loaded. It was in the garage on yeah, Bond's yeah, there. Yeah. Which I thought was a good time. Right? <laughs> then he presses oil slick. Nothing happens. No, the oil... Oh, oh, no. The oil- yeah, yeah, whatever it was. And then he presses atmosphere, because like, what the fuck is this? Presses atmosphere, and it starts classic FM. Yeah. And I'm like... I want to see a movie about 009. He has yeah. a specific. <laughs> movie start, start playing classical music so yeah. that he can get in the zone.
2: We just know that he can stand and be really pissed off that Bond's <laughs> that I of like. I like 009. But, um,
0: <laughs> he has a <laughs> to machine gun and oil. 009,
2: 009, 009's got it down because um, 009's Aston Martin's ejector seat, which is utilized in this film, mm-hmm. is the driver's seat. Yeah. Um
5: oh it's a really just
2: from your car that the fucking passenger seat <laughs> fucking flies out, gold figure. Jesus Christ.
5: <laughs> it's like it's
2: handy if someone's got a gun on you though, isn't it? Yeah, that's really circumstantial. Are you sure we shouldn't put it in the driver's seat? Nah. no don't worry about that, Bond. You'll probably just kill them. It's like, yeah, it's pretty true. <laughs> So before this becomes the Spectre show, shall we segue violently away from Bond? You mentioned something about Nine Eyes being something like something, Simon.
3: Yes. I'm just saying, it's it's the real term for a a group of countries that have coordinated intelligence, and I was just very surprised that Bond was actually mentioning it and trying to bring it in as a plot point.
1: Seeing as Doctor Who aren't even allowed to talk about the United Nations how uh, James Bond delighted to just badmouth actual security
0: agents. coordinated intelligence in case of what?
3: <laughs> I see what you did there, <laughs> but largely terrorism. Terrorism, oh man, that sounds bad. Like a, a big as, as opposed to, for example, a, a global nuclear war.
0: Yeah, nuclear war? That leads me to a segue. Oh. So can I just point something out in terms of modern uh, security measures and whatnot? Mm-hmm. I saw the the, the 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 proposed budget spending thing for like the defence uh, stuff. Yeah, funny, say. funny that, isn't it? That that came where out they was, got that
5: two percent, billion. That's something that's
0: million. now well, happening. No, I'm mostly confused because it's basically said in light of the terrible events that have happened in Paris, we are now spending twelve billion pounds on uh, um, fighter planes designed to attack submarines. Mm-hmm. I thought.
1: Did thank they God. use a fucking submarine? Did, did no, they, they use a submarine? Not?
0: No, they, they did not. For that no, they didn't
3: use a submarine. But thank God we got uh, but the What sub- we're doing is we're preemptively putting in place a fleet of fighter jets that can take out submarines. So if, if they get the idea to use a submarine, they go, oh, no, that won't work. Yeah, because the terrorists have using yeah. submarines. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Nobody's used a bloody submarine since the Cold War.
3: Actually, that's not true. There is currently a search for a Russian submarine that's been spotted off the coast because there is a belief that the Russians have a strategy, if they ever did go to war with the West again, that one of their first acts would be to sever underwater internet cables.
1: Yeah, that's and also, actually really. That's a really good idea, actually. So they're, they're looking so. for
3: um a Russian sub. Is it is it
2: stupid called, Russians? It, <laughs> the insect goes through the air. Is it called Red October?
3: <laughs> it's it's not called Red October. No. It should
2: be Red October. Whoa, 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 whoa! It's okay, easy.
3: They can at least do things properly over there. <laughs>
0: But yes Anyway, I'm start, about I'm the... Speaking of Russians and subs And going to war with the west And nuclear and the French, <laughs> Yeah 4 oh, out yeah. 4 came
1: out
0: recently Animal.
3: Did it?
1: Yeah
3: and, and I hate to say it but whilst we've been recording My friend Mike has been playing He has now beaten your time played Zoe
1: Oh no Oh ah. uh... <laughs> 99 hours is still fairly impressive for a game that oh, i have a list oh. of criticisms four times as long as my list of things <laughs> i actually like oh, so
2: <laughs> right i'm just gonna say i think you guys have played a lot more than i have i've like clocked i'm, I'm like level 21 i'm level 11 oh okay
1: level 43 so i've if finished we're, the what, game but that won- doesn't mean
2: i've played as much as anyone else what my one request would be is, like, I don't mind us talking about quests and things like that. I'm not going
1: to uh, talk about the plot because I haven't even finished it. Yeah, I, I, like don't, I don't I don't. As long
2: do. as we don't do any,
3: like, resolutions or anything, like... No, or, no, no,
1: no, 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 no. Okay, I that's... I
3: to, think I might be the only person here who yeah. has actually finished the plot, and I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah, Simon, 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 was I right? Are you a robot? No, don't do that. I'm not going to talk about the plot. Ah...
1: But okay. yeah, nothing I have on my list of complaints is really related to the plot, other than well, the yeah, well, the advanced plot, it's as, it, as to the such, initial plot.
2: As it's such a massive game, and you are the only one to have the foresight to actually make a list for a <laughs>
3: podcast, that sounds like a great <laughs> idea. Well, well first some... of all, I mean, let's establish for people who have got no idea what we're talking about. Yeah, that's right, Simon. Do that's you drop- a
1: much better idea.
3: Whoa, no, despair. <laughs> despair.
0: It's like, do your job. They're
1: <laughs>
2: really succinct and sound good. We're just like, oh, yeah, bombed and this happened and then this happened. That's what, that's what happens when I take over it, like, the uh, you know,
3: section. <laughs> At least this will be cohesive. Cohesive? So, F- yeah. Fallout 4 is the latest game in the Fallout universe, uh, which is currently owned by Bethesda, the makers of the Elder Scroll games, such as Oblivion and Skyrim. When Fallout 3 came out, which was their first crack at this franchise, they uh, departed a lot from the isometric RPG origins of Fallout, but kept the tone of a sort of 50s retro future that had a a nuclear war 200 years past and people emerged from vaults underground into a strange irradiated post-apocalyptic wasteland full of humour and darkness. Uh, They left the sort of West Coast alone quite sensibly as there was a lot of love attached to that franchise and set it in the capital wastes around DC. Now, there was also Fallout New Vegas, not made by Bethesda but licensed by it, that sort of stayed truer to that sort of West Coast area and told that story a little bit more in the modern way, which is a sort of first or third person action RPG. And now Bethesda are having their second go at it in Boston. And it's a great jumping on point for the franchise... Because you play a character who... For reasons we, we will spoil... Yeah. Uh, is not someone who has grown up with Vault life... Who has had time to adjust to the fact that the world is over... You are flash frozen at the time of the bombs dropping... And woken up immediately two centuries later into a wasteland that you do not understand. So the player gets to walk around and ask all the questions, uh, like, what's a ghoul? Why would I want bottle caps? Which, if you know the franchise, you know the answers. But if you're a new player, it's a really sensible way to get involved. It's very clever.
1: For the record, ghouls are horribly irradiated humans who cannot die except by, you know, sort of dismembering, but cannot die of old age anymore.
3: Functionally immortal, but control. not invulnerable. Yeah. No. Oh, wait,
2: yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. I was, I was thinking of do... feral ghouls.
0: You, would, no. you, you, yeah. you wouldn't want to do a feral ghoul? No. No. Like a normal no. ghoul? Yeah.
1: No. Feral, yeah. ghouls, feral ghouls are ghouls whose brains have rotted and have gone crazy and will just attack everything in sight.
0: Do not put your dick in a feral ghoul. You, you know can first...
1: put your dick in a regular ghoul. You can? Not in... Yes. Oh, thank
0: oh, yes. My,
1: yes, my you. Oh, yes. Yes,
0: you can. Finally been approved.
1: You and can. he's an
0: outstanding ghoul.
1: He's amazing. Oh,
0: you- right. There we go. My my Fallout dream has finally come true. Excellent. You that's- can't
1: <laughs> bang a synth, but you can bang a ghoul.
0: They are pretty uh, awesome. And a Mr. Handy painted white. Um,
3: I, yeah, that's the- on
1: my list of problems. Not the <laughs> fact that you can bang a Mr. Handy painted white, but the fact that you can't get with any male synths, but this. Feminized Mr. Handy is okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I think the first time, the first time I, and this is speaking about feral ghouls here, the first time I ran into them, oh my fucking God, because I'm used to fall out of three and you see a feral ghoul, you're like, okay, I've and got it, a bit of time, I've you got right, a bit of time. And then it sort of gets quicker and quicker and quicker. No, these things well, it, explode. It, I mean, mostly. Same,
4: it. same. First time I came across on this one, I was like, oh, here it comes. And <laughs> holy shit, it jumped at me. It's it's not even that it jumps. It's that if you if you it track goes, it, Yum. if you track
0: it, like if you go into vats or whatever it is, it's going through the air. It sort of folds up in the air. It, it will it what it doesn't land gracefully. It doesn't like land like a puma or whatever it is, like all hunched down. It just it it, topples it, over. it plummets face first into the ground because yeah. it's just throwing everything it has into trying to get you. And it will just roll along the ground for a bit, taking the blow, <laughs> and then it will just drag itself back It has no again. regard
2: for its own physical well-being other than to just get to you. I
0: have shouted and screamed out loud as feral ghouls jumped because... I right, nowhere. The that. way
1: to deal with a feral ghoul is the moment you see it shoot its legs off.
0: Yeah. It yes. it legs it'll sure. stay alive
1: and it'll just lie on the floor looking sad about the situation. And finish
2: it and it, Oh, man. You you or you it. don't finish
1: oh. it if you're feeling particularly mean.
3: Or oh, am receiving saving yeah. ammo. That's true. That's that's another well, that's thing. That's when but you I get suppose. out a tire iron and beat it, skull in. <laughs> you you <laughs> brought up an with? interesting
2: thing though. I'm probably something the Simon should explain. You said VATS. What does that mean?
3: VATS is your uh I'm trying to remember the actual acronym, is bolt it? The Vault assisted
1: assisted system. system. Yeah.
3: Yep. Which is a uh sort of slow-mo. It used to be a freeze frame of combat that uses your player skill, rather uh, your character skill rather than your player skill in combat. So the original Fallout games were based on action points, so in your turn you could do a number of actions. Moving was an action, shooting was an action, looting was an action. Fallout 3 is and Fallout 4 are more action-oriented games. That concept has largely gone away, except that now you burn action points when you're sprinting, and in VATS you have a limited number of action points that you can use these targeted shots for your enemy will be represented as a series of boxes overlaying parts of their anatomy head torso limbs and give queen. you a sort of not the groin anymore sadly uh, and will give you your sort of percentage odds of hitting any particular part of them and you can queue up your shots which can lead to hilarity when you get certain perks yeah. which are as you level little gifts that you get in terms of character abilities or um, tweaks to how your character plays, or certain guns that have certain abilities in VATs. One of my favorite is the sort of gun foo one that the more individual targets you hit in a fight
5: mm-hmm.
3: uh, successfully in a row, the higher your damage multiplier so rather than pouring all your action points into one guy, when you find a group, you're like, I'll have a gut shot on him, a gut shot on him, a gut shot on him, and by that point I should have charged up my critical, so let's go for a headshot, this will be hilarious. Yeah, it's 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 pretty amazing. And then you see your, uh, your VATS-targeted shots play out in slow motion very dramatically, especially mm-hmm. if you get a critical and someone's head explodes. Nothing quite like singing along as a uh, uh,
2: a bullet from a sniper rifle fires from a broken freeway all the way down a city street, uh, plowing into the head of someone that didn't see
0: you. Yeah, it's great. Sneak attack, two times damage. Absolutely. <laughs> sneak attack is like everything because I don't wear armor. I wear a I adore sneaking around. I, I... Uh,
1: yeah, I'm up to three point something sneak damage with my muffled pistol now. It's great. Ooh.
0: Yeah, as I said, the silencers in this game are so awesome. I love a good silencer on my weapons. Inappropriate Sunday has adapted well to sneaking around the wasteland murdering people. Can I tell you the conceit of my game or how I'm playing it? Go ahead.
2: So um, because it's like the first run through, I always, I'm I'm just kind of going through and just seeing how I feel at the time. Uh, I gave myself the name Rob. I am sort of look the same kind of way that I do. Um, And I'm just sort of playing it as if I was in the wasteland. Okay. However, this is just like a reconnaissance. To give my next character the
0: gift of foresight, uh, for delicate Jim will return to the wasteland. <laughs> I've, I've already figured out that my next character is going to be Deacon Dickory, <laughs> and is going to. Be, I'm going to try and see how much I can cobble together a preacher outfit from what I can do. Name all. You can went-
1: buy one. You <laughs> can buy an actual preacher outfit. It has pretty good stats as well. The only place I've seen it is from the tier three clothing vendors that you can put in. Awesome. In your towns,
0: because I'll need like leader of men or whatever it's called, local leader, all. Yeah. So play a super charismatic, no no strength or anything like that. Super super charismatic, intelligent, um, uh, church going man. Mm-hmm. And as my perks, that I go for, go for uh, was it Mr Sandman? Oh yeah, and uh, cannibal, <laughs> <laughs> and wander around, the, wander around the wasteland as a preacher, eating people in their sleep. <laughs> That's my next. (laughs) Oh my God. Wow.
3: I need to link you to an article written by someone I know, Jack, called So I Ate the Wasteland, (laughs) uh, which is one man's story of eating everyone in New Vegas.
5: (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God.
1: I remember that. It
3: was
1: the greatest. I just just
0: love the idea of combining Mr. Sandman with Cannibal. (laughs) So you literally just eat them in their sleep. You're going
1: to need really high endurance for that, though, because cannibal high up the I'll endurance. Drop, I'll
0: drop everything from strength. It's a really handy one to have as well. Because I figured that you don't really need to do combat so much as you just send your immortal pet dog to attack everything.
1: <laughs> that's true. That
0: Although is true.
1: best at like, pinning them so I can yeah. shoot yeah. them easier.
0: And if I've got one straight, really
2: I'll just run past them with a baseball bat and go, yeah. <laughs> oh, I lost him. I lost him for the longest time. I, He's I really I...
1: easy to lose. He was in Sanctuary Hills and I rang the bell and he wouldn't come back. I think. Yeah. He
2: could- like, he just wouldn't appear for me either for ages, and then later on, I went back and just happened to spot him in the doghouse <laughs> in Sanctuary, and I was like, what the
0: fuck, man? You've just been there this whole time. He's he's, he's learned a new trick in my game. Well, stay out no, of the fight. No, <laughs> no, it's 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 called, I'm going to wait until Inappropriate Sunday puts a mine on the floor.
4: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm going to walk on that mine.
0: And then I'm going to just jump on the mine. And it doesn't do anything, thank fuck.
2: Yeah, because you're sneaking But then I'm off, like,
0: right? where is that mine? Yeah. I did the mine go? Uh. <laughs> Where was I like, leading the <laughs> enemies towards. God fucking damn it. Dog meat. Also, ah, you, you want to go down this corridor that's really, really tight and you know, only one of us can get through at a time? I'm going to sit in front of you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dog uh. Hi
3: to dog be fair, mead.
1: the human Fuck companions away. do that as well. So. Yeah,
3: but yeah. I haven't they really done yet. I My am... travelling companion is a woman named Piper. Oh, who is Piper's a awesome. journalist for the Diamond City Paper Public Occurrences. She's great. Now, I really, really like her, but you can't lose her. No. It's terrifying. Yes. Um, There have been points where I've gone through a sealed door, not locked, sealed, that was opened for me alone, and she was trapped on the other side of it, then gone up an elevator that I'm not in control of, other characters are, and turned around, and she's at the top going, what
0: are we doing now, Blue? And I'm like,
3: how the fuck did you get up here?
0: Simon, two two questions. One, is your paper narcoleptic? (laughs) Uh no. Cause, However, because Alex does a to sit down. Oh no, she's uh she's very
3: fragile in the leg. She breaks her leg a lot. Oh. in combat and lies there going
0: ow my leg. Oh no no this this um, is in conversations. Alex will start talking. <laughs> <laughs> and know, like, what are we doing blue? And then just bam, she's on the floor.
1: Um, <laughs> what the, but more I terrifying. Trying, I was trying to get off a monorail or something and i found a fairly safe passageway down but deacon my companion decided he didn't want to do that he just wanted to take the quickest route jumping yeah. So there was this sickening crack as he crippled both yeah. of his legs and for the next hour he was just following me around by elbowing around on the floor
2: <laughs> That's the, it. he, it's like they're daring he would let
1: me give him a stim pack I would have given him a stim pack If he'd let me, but he wouldn't
3: I get that one, But me. more terrifying for Piper um, There is a moment where For plot reasons I got teleported Now I'm not going to go into why okay. But suffice to say I appeared on the map At a random location Very far away from where I had last seen Piper I
0: appear okay. and turn around and she's there waiting for me. <laughs> <laughs> also, has anyone here done the starting of the game exploit uh just after you get the dog to go the and get the freeze exploit life. For the cryolator. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I do you, haven't. Do you know about it? No, I know. I'm guessing yeah. by the name it's some kind of freezing weapon. Right. In the vault where you start, yeah. there's the freeze gun in the in the Oh yeah. yeah. Right? And I've seen a video where basically just go, you gotta get the dog go back to the vault, you go down the elevator, the dog will be waiting at the bottom of the elevator behind the locked fucking chain link door. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Out. And, and make go, sure. yeah, it's better waiting for them to get else. into the lift. Yeah, let's, let's face it. it. And then what you do is you walk and you find the crater <laughs> on the locked master yeah. case. Mm-hmm. So obviously at starting level, you can't get into it. And you go, Dogby, can you find an item for me? Mm-hmm. And he goes, Brooke, dog found something. Mm-hmm. And he goes over to the case, and he brings you back the cryolator oh my goodness I'm like, oh I'm gonna oh, do that fuck. and the best thing oh, is sweet the best thing is he'll give you the cryolator and you go brilliant the cryolator added to your inventory yeah doesn't give you the ammo it's still in his inventory But like, you sneaky little shit give me that you're <laughs> <laughs> a good one, clever drop boy
2: drop it drop it drop it or <laughs> freeze your teeth off <laughs>
1: So as as you can tell glitches are an intrinsic part of Fallout games but all the Oh games. boy
3: howdy all yes.
1: Bethesda. um and they're in fact not on my list of criticisms as glitches are 100% the best thing about this game and Their anybody who says otherwise can shove off because You have not lived until you've seen just various glitch-ridden videos of people's companions doing the most ridiculous, unholy things just because it's Bethesda. I can't think of any glitches I've seen in
0: Fallout 4 yet. Oh uh, I can. I <laughs>
1: can. Yeah. I've not I've not played
0: anywhere near enough of it. The only like, whenever I try and think of a glitch, I go, Oh that and then I go, No, wait, that was Fall New Vegas where I was wandering in the desert and I got attacked by a rad scorpion and it clicked through the floor. So all that was available all that There's was available. There's
1: a visible. reference to that. They referenced that in Fallout Four as Red scorpions now come from the ground.
5: They, dig they will the appear ground. from the
1: ground and will tunnel around. and yeah, Which I assume has to be a reference to the fact that in New Vegas, red scorpions would spend half the time stuck in the floor and wouldn't really know why. It was just his tail
0: above the sand walking around like a fucking yeah. shark. And because I was playing an unarmed character, I like guy basically just freaked out and, ah! and then just started pummeling the ground, punching his tail <laughs> into the <laughs> ice.
4: <laughs> Have you see what happens if you make your character have one intelligence. No, that will be one of my things I will do at some point when I remake Kane. When when you uh open up the pit boy you've put it on upside down. Uh. Aww.
5: <laughs> 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 oh. I like
3: that. Less.
4: Uh, that's amazing. It's very difficult as well when you first start that game. I may I built my character like I would have built my characters for Free in New Vegas, not realizing that wasn't how it was going to work this time. Yeah, it's,
0: it's, it's worked out since then. It's got a very brutal introduction, introductory learning curve.
3: And my big criticism of Fallout Four: I love the game. I've put over forty hours into it. Finished the plot, and immediately started a second character. Cool, but the
1: in intro. terms of being,
3: well, no, not that. In terms okay. of being a Fallout game, it's it's all combat. Mm-hmm. there's there's no way to science your way around a problem, there's no way to talk your way around a problem, there's no way to stealth your way around a problem. You're going to have to fight in almost every quest. Because so, uh, yeah. so, yeah. I am very much fighting-orientated at the moment. So
1: You'll I, be fine. You'll be fine. It's a
3: <laughs> fighty game, more than an RPG now. Much, much more. Okay. Which yeah. is
1: a huge shame, because you used to be able to find alternate routes for things sometimes.
4: Well, maybe they'll add something to that with DLC. Maybe,
1: and there are little
3: bits and pieces, like obviously you can activate Wandering Protectrons to do some of the fighting for you, you can bypass difficult uh, bits by getting through certain locked doors, but ultimately you're going into a fight. The end of whatever journey you're doing is going to be a fight, and if you're not a combat character, you're kind of fucked.
5: Because there
2: isn't a lot of the intelligence going into like mods and things for weapons and stuff. But- yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
3: yeah. Yeah. And, also, and they I mean, seem to have compensated by giving you the power armor really, really early. Yeah. Uh, which, I mean, in Fallout Law, power armor is it's legendary. Yeah. You, know, you can't use it without being trained to use it, and finding it is fucking difficult. Yeah. Suddenly, it's pissing everywhere.
1: Well, it. It can kind of make Flippin sense. Flipping raiders have it, just wandering around, yeah, covering it with wire.
4: For your character, though, it can kind of make sense that he was army. Not if you're playing Not the mine,
1: wire. she was a lawyer. That's
4: true, but yeah, but if you're... My well, the- character was a lawyer. Where
1: the fuck did she learn to it? Yeah, if you're playing the man, sure, but they're going out of their way to try and go, no, this isn't necessarily the default character, even though it obviously is, to an extent, way further than previous games, where, you know, the intro wasn't, quotation marks, your character talking about it, except it's not my character, it's my character's useless husband she didn't even want.
0: He is (laughs) particularly pathetic. Mostly because yep. I left him way behind when I was running to the vault. <laughs> Quick, get in the vault, get the vault. Oh, yeah, you guys. Hey. You
1: and my shitty polygon baby. <laughs> and this oh, is God, coming I'm from somebody shit. who desperately, you know, who really likes babies and has a lot of maternal urges. And I'm like, fuck that stupid little pile of triangles. <laughs> if they're not getting hit, it's creepy and I don't want it. Give Goodbye.
0: me my baseball bat and let me stove in some lady <laughs> heads. Oh, I do remember a glitch, but it's from Alex's game. Yeah. Every, every morning, gets up, leaves sanctuary, walks across the bridge, and there's the same dead raider every morning in a drifter's coat. Yeah. Sits <laughs> on the bridge, just lying there on the bridge, the same dead raider every single morning, and every morning Alex is like, ah, what are we going to do with you? And he's like the town drunk. Pick him up, throw him off the bridge into the river. And the next morning, he'll be there waiting on the bridge. (laughs) (laughs) I have a similar problem with a headless raider
3: corpse. Uh, I I was going to say, I have a similar problem with a headless raider corpse in his underwear in Hangman's Alley. (laughs) It doesn't matter if I pick him up and throw him out. Next time I quick travel to Hangman's Alley, he'll be right there, lying in the middle of town.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I have that problem with a pile of feral ghoul corpses in Hangman's Alley right now. They're just always there. It's really, really unpleasant.
2: I have that with that- my lurk, queen. See, in my own game... Like-
0: <laughs> it won't <Yes>. go away.
1: <laughs> I don't have these
0: problems, but I think it's because I just sort of made my game think that it was already glitched by building sanctuary hills to look like some kind of acid nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> you-, you remember my description, don't you, Simon? Oh, yeah. Stairs leading to nowhere. Oh, my Flamethrower God. turrets on every street corner. <laughs> a loud hailer in everyone's bedroom. Oh, my God. It's Orwellian, you bastard. And above every bed is a loudspeaker, ready to alert them at a moment's notice. Machine <laughs> gun <laughs> <laughs> turrets on every roof. You will not and survive then, here. And then there's my house, covered in basketball hoops and kitten paintings. <laughs> <laughs> That sounds amazing! Oh my goodness! <laughs> um,
1: yes, that is something they've added for Fallout Four. They have added a building mechanic which you can abuse to your heart's content.
0: Build a stairway to nothing. <laughs> Watch the NPCs go. Ooh, oh, oh my God! That's there. Have they ever gone over? No, they just oh. get to the top and walk back right down again. I'm like, you knew it was. For
3: fuck's sake. <laughs> it's a good way to punish them for stealing your power armor, though. Yes. <laughs> Don't leave, which they will do,
0: do, especially not, if you attack
3: them.
2: My power armor is way out of the hands of anyone. That 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 is locked away.
0: Well, that's the best thing when you when you did that. You Alex just got bored one day and was like, "Oh, I know." I'm just gonna. Just got out his pipe rifle and just shot a, one of his settlers in the back, and the settler instantly went, oh, ran into the shop, <laughs> and jumped into a suit of power armor.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's <laughs> what oh, you get. Was,
0: <laughs> the reversal! It stings! And the revolution has begun! My
3: power armor is painted pink. Yeah, now, in order to obtain the magazine that contained the pink paint pattern, I had to go through what I can only assume is Bethesda's tribute to the Saw movies. <laughs> it's You turn up, and it's a, it's a parking uh, garage. And you're going up the first ramp, and there's just hand grenade bouquets hanging all over the place. You have to uh, unpick them. Then there's a maze with misdirecting signs, and there's bathroom scales that may or may not be wired up to traps all over the place. And then you come to your first choice. Two cages, each with a button outside the locked door, each with a crate of loot in, each with a flamer aimed at the crate. To open the door of one, you set off the flamer in the other and destroy that loot. Make your choice. And then there's the three doors where you also, again, pick your choice. And it's just a weird room of traps and
0: predicaments.
3: And it was horrible, but I got pink paint, so it was worth it.
0: (laughs) And at the very end of it, a voice going, oh, Batman, you're a dumbass. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Speaking of, I'm dressed
2: as a 1960s superhero who appeared on television.
3: The Hulk? No, no, no. Like in the Fallout universe. Oh, okay. Oh yeah. It's really cool. The silver shroud. That's the one. <laughs> Reference to the grey ghost. Yeah, man.
5: The grey ghost.
3: Um, Did you read the logs in there by any chance
2: about? Yeah. Oh yeah. The difficulties <laughs> on working on the set and stuff. Oh yeah. Oh, it's so cool. Oh
1: god, all the stuff from the writers. Yeah, the writers. How terrible just the movie TV. was going to be. Yeah. yeah.
3: This is only TV My, my favourite thing about the Silver Shroud quest was realising that my character had more in common with ghouls than people. <laughs> because we just sat there and reminisced about the Silver Shroud because we both used to watch it when we were younger. And no, you like, don't
1: even watch it. It's a radio play. That's how retro-styled it yeah, is. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right,
3: yeah. And uh, he's like, wait, you listen to the Silver Shroud? How? <laughs> it's not on anymore. And you're like, I, I listened to it when it first aired. And it's like, that's 200 years ago. I know. I was just sat there nostalging with a ghoul going, I remember
0: when. Oh, that's really lovely. I There's like some that. beautiful bits in this See, ghouls are good people. Ghouls are good, the best people yeah. to hang around with. And I think they've and been done yes. really well yes. in this as yes. well.
4: They I've look got, better in this one. I've got all the oh, Silver yeah. uh, Shroud oh, stuff, but I haven't got the quests involved. I also you can't
1: it. get the. Okay, yeah.
3: Yeah, you can. You just go to Hubris Comics and nick it.
1: Yeah, let's yes, go realize. in. That's what yeah. I did.
4: Well, I, I, I went to Hubris Comics uh, because I got sent there by uh, what was it? Night Reyes, or it was?
1: Uh, Night Reyes, yeah.
4: Yeah, because yeah, he gave me a mission to clear out all the ghouls
3: there. Ah, uh, you're doing the Brotherhood stuff. Yes. Yeah,
1: we never do I never do signed
3: on to the Brotherhood. Uh, Near- I'm like, I'm now, my first I hate character. the
1: Brotherhood.
3: I spat in his face.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I didn't because he was bigger than me. But I spat in his face <laughs> and ran away. Like, but, I'm not but, stupid. But I, did, I, I did turn on a giant rocket and blasted him. So that was something.
1: <laughs> but he I, was like, fine, my reaction, frustratingly,
0: I know. My my waited for the, to the brotherhood for the moment. of steel in this one
3: was so mixed because my first encounter with them was at the uh, Cambridge Police Station. Yeah, mm-hmm. where yeah, you've see. got a squad who, the more you read up on their logs, the more you realise this is an incompetent lot. Yeah. There is a little note in there by by Paladin Dance, their leader, going, this is the second retreat I've had to order since we arrived, and the third casualty, and it's like, dude, fucking hell, you're in power armour, what's going wrong? So I was like, oh god, the Brotherhood are a bit of a joke in this one. Now, have we all triggered the moment that makes the Brotherhood proper arrive? I haven't. Is it
2: to do with something up? Oh, yes.
3: It is I to taken, do with zeppelins.
1: I have taken to stalking Brotherhood members whenever I see them in fights with raiders or super mutants, so that when they inevitably, because they only send two at a time against crowds of super mutants, so when they have been inevitably die, I could steal all their power armor <laughs> and make the ultimate super, It's a good strategy. Yeah.
3: But the thing this is, is another thing that's come on in the Fallout universe. Is in Fallout 3, the Brotherhood were quite a friendly, touchy-feely group. Whereas in the original Fallouts, they were not. Yeah, no. And I met Paladin Dance and his lot, and they were working with me. And I was like, uh, it's the fucking touchy-feely Brotherhood. That's a shame. Now, there is a mission you do that triggers the arrival of the Brotherhood. And you emerge from underground, and there's a giant Zeppelin flying overhead. And as, I sort of,
1: everywhere.
3: as I ran along under it going, holy shit, holy shit, what is going on? It dropped a vertibird that just dropped a platoon in power armor on a super mutant stronghold. And it kicked off in an epic battle that I was way not leveled for. Yeah. Um, so I hung around on the fringes looting power armor pieces. And I realized, oh, fuck, no, Bethesda have realized what the Brotherhood are meant to be. And throughout the game from then on, you will encounter squads of Brotherhood either engaged in abject annihilation or ignoring you utterly as beneath contempt.
1: One of them is sitting on the roof of my one of my houses in one of my settlements and she won't leave. I built her a ladder. I have strongly encouraged her to leave. she. No, she's house. I know she can get down because I went there when they were being attacked by super mutants and she she started off firing at them from the roof. Then she jumped down and started actually fighting more super mutants. Then when it was done, she went and got back on the roof again and just stayed there. There were no other brotherhood anywhere around. She won't leave. She thinks I, I it's mean, her settlement, but it's mine. It's a
0: technology ladder. I maintain, I maintain that Alex is trying to fucking dismantle Sanctuary Hills by having Paladin dance. Strong lifting. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I haven't, rec- I have recruited strong, but he lives back at his own house still.
0: So it's like they are either going to dismantle this town, or they are going to have the best hate fucking that you've ever seen. We
3: probably ought to explain <laughs> super mutants um, for anyone who doesn't know the franchise. Giant green skinned. Uh, some of them are intelligent, but most of them in the Bethesda games are like the orcs of the game. They are human eating, and some of them are more giant. Oh, uh but Can I
2: can I just say one thing about the super mutants, uh, and this is like picking up on some of the weird wasteland elements.
3: Yeah, go around. Right just ahead. very
2: briefly, as we're on the subject of super mutants. Uh, and speaking about their similarities of the orcs, there is a wonderful line where one of them goes, The time of men is over. The age of the super mutant has begun. <laughs> like direct quote, like, well the Rings, yeah, from yeah. Lord of the Rings, and I was like, oh. Sorry, carry
3: on. No, that's absolutely what I was saying. Yeah, they are just the big, brutish, mean, bad guys. They are the
1: result of, terror, like everything else in Fallout, to be honest, they are the result of horrible, horrible scientific experiments and radiation.
3: The forced evolutionary virus.
0: They are are also the... um how I think because when I first found them, they completely dismantled me time and time again until I started sneaking around properly. And then they made me remember my favorite bad bit of mm-hmm. AI from the Fallout games. <laughs> I so guess it sneaking. was nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, got yeah. the hunting rifle out and got a perfectly critted headshot on a super mutant. Yeah. So essentially he just blew half his goddamn face off. Mm-hmm. And he gets really angry, starts rummaging through everything looking for me. And then about Thirty seconds pass, and he goes, "Guess it was nothing." I'm like, "Oh,
5: fuck! Is wrong with
2: you?" They're just used to living in that world.
5: Yeah.
2: (laughs) What is this? And also, the
1: AI is forever one of the big quibbles. This was the issue I had with Skyrim as well. It is very hard to care. About a world where people are so stupid that you can shoot them with an arrow or a laser or whatever, and then thirty seconds later they'll just go, "Oh, must have been the wind." I yeah, I, I I
0: agree. Also, like it was storming the uh, the tower with all the super mutants in as well. I realized I'd Holy started. Fuck, yeah. I started. I realized that I had started trash talking the the game, and then I realized it can't <laughs> hear you, Jack. When. Uh, Climbing the tower, and on each floor, uh, I forget what his name is. Fist, the the, the super mutant at the top is like um, goading you at each point, and he's like, you know, you are weak, you are human. We are super mutants. We are superior. All that sort of stuff. And you're going up and up and up and up until eventually, he sort of begrudgingly, says something like, um, "You fight well, human. You fight almost as good as a super mutant." Yeah. And I found myself outright, outright saying, huh, "I was going to say the same about your men." I <laughs> can't hear you, Jack. No, but that's the thing.
2: That's one thing that I think is really good. It might, uh, admittedly, the focus on combat might be limiting in some respects, but the combat itself is really, really intense and really cool. Yeah. And you get some wicked moments like that, which allow a really good smack talk.
1: Oh, I got sent. I got sent to clear out a little little alley or something in the sort of middle south of the map by some farmers and I was like okay cool on my way I realised I had wandered into the most brutal five way battle I had ever seen it was a battle between the gunners a mercenary outfit several clans of raiders the brotherhood of steel a (laughs) battalion of named feral ghouls who all had old lady names and (laughs) Nice. and super mutants and all Jesus. five of them were just fighting over this area and i could not move for grenades and laser fire and it was we terrifying
2: <laughs> you walked into the, battle, yeah, I was of the say battle of the five armies right
1: yeah yeah basically
2: oh my goodness it was I've... terrifying
1: <laughs> several vertebrates exploded yes. in my vicinity one time one time kate got so angry about this, that she started shooting at a vertebrate with her shotgun because she was just so angry with them for constantly starting a shit. Yeah, basically, yeah. I think she was high on Psycho <laughs> at the
0: time and was just you off see, on one. There's so many different tactics and stuff you can use and some of them will not work. As I noted, mm. when I was like, oh, I know what I'm gonna do, I'm gonna use my powers of sneakiness to completely take out Fist because he's fucked me over so many times before with his mm. giant minigun. Yeah. And sneak. Sneak, sneak, pickpocket, fragmentation mine, put it in his inventory, (laughs) sneak away, sneak away, fingers in my ears. Oh, I need a perk to make that work? Yeah. That's bullshit. Oh, oh. yeah. I go, oh shit, I just gave him a fragmentation <laughs> mines.
3: <laughs> <laughs> no, you, you gave you him it infinite fa- fragmentation mines. because here's a complaint I have yes. about the fucking AI. I can only carry so many Molotov cocktails. <laughs> Fuck you, every raider. Because they have but infinite yeah, Molotovs. True. Yeah, but shoot it out of the and you will That love is it. true. But
0: the thing is, it gets worse. I turned around and went, okay. Get it back, sneak,
1: sneak. Oh, like
0: fuck's girl. There <laughs> I
1: The companions are, are, as always with Bethesda Games, kind of problematic because the issue with Bethesda Games is, as someone else, I can't remember who put it, that the writing is as you know broad as an ocean, but about as deep as a puddle. And the mm. companions all feel to me like these cardboard cutout people. Like initially, I wasn't even gonna romance any of them because I was like, "No, you're horrible little cardboard cutout people who I don't care about." Until Piper kept—I kept failing my flirt checks on Piper, even though I had ridiculously high charisma, and that just pissed me off so much that I just had to go for it. Which meant that I ended up getting. They made a big deal about the fact that you could have polyamory in this. You can romance multiple companions. That's true. They said you could romance multiple... Reviewers are wrong, because you can't have polyamory. You can just romance multiple characters. They don't acknowledge anything else that you're doing. So it feels considerably more like cheating.
5: Yeah.
1: Because there is at no point do they go... Okay, so we're you know what you know. Other games would make a deal of it, but they've just taken out whatever it was <laughs> that meant you could only romance what one other character. Games? I'm trying not to mention another company that begins with B <laughs> <laughs> that makes
0: superior roleplay. I, games. I
1: makes, will just
3: mention that Zoe and I have makes, a somewhat unofficial three Bioware mentions and you're out policy for this conversation. Really? <laughs> by, yeah. by her, um, yeah. her <laughs> own.
0: Awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: But you, you're and, down and one
1: the, Yeah, the companion romances are kind of nonsense. You get out of about 10 companions, three of them are female, and you can romance all three of them, but you can't romance several male characters that I, I know people would want to yeah, romance. That like really I enough. said, yeah. You can't romance Nick Valentine, who's a synth that a lot of people would really like to romance, but you can romance a Mister Handy painted white, who has a female voice and a French accent.
0: Now, just just you can't.
1: Yes.
0: Can you romance a ghoul? Yes. Good. I'm just checking that is still on the table.
1: Yes. I think
0: it's. I mean, it's
1: not stupid enough to make that character not romanceable because he's hilarious. Excellent. You'll meet him in a little town on the east of the map. Good neighbour, marvellous. Good neighbour, yes.
0: Uh, I, 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 I Fuck good neighbour. I also like... The- I
1: fucking love good neighbour. Everybody there doesn't give a shit. Was- I've
3: just had troubles there, okay? <laughs> I've, I had, no, I've <laughs> had no
1: trouble there because I just get on with ghouls. Ghouls are... I, I have one issue goals, with
3: Good Neighbour. They're fine. I have no problem with Ghouls. Yeah, they're fine. No problem with yeah, Ghouls.
1: There is one issue with Good Neighbour. Uh, our issues true. are
3: probably uh, different. My yeah. my issue with Good Neighbour is that it, it does reveal the somewhat shallow writing of Fallout. In that when you first arrive at Good Neighbour, because it's a bit sort of frontier, not quite mafia, but it's a tough town. So a guy tries it to shake you down.
1: It It was founded by criminals who got exiled from
3: Diamond City. And a guy tries to shake you down on your way in, you know, try and uh, do some insurance, inverted commas, scheme on you. Um, Now, that was fine the first time I turned up at Good Neighbor, because there I was. I was, you know, a, a vault dweller with a thousand yard stare, very confused by the world I was in. Second time, I trumped in in my power armor. And the same guy in his leather jacket wanders up to me, and is all like, "Hey,
1: wait! How was it? The, how was it the same no, no, guy?"
3: This is my second playthrough.
1: Oh, okay. So uh,
3: it's the same encounter, but this time I am an armored death machine, and he wanders up, and he's like, "You gotta pay the price if you want to get into good name." And I'm like, "Fucking really? Go on, stab me! You've got a switchblade." <laughs> I will crush you I'm with a walking, walking tank! Hands. Your arms off! Like, he, he didn't <laughs> seem to notice the fact that I was a seven foot tall space marine!
1: Yeah, yes. the writing is still terrible. It has the same issue that Fallout 3 and Skyrim and Oblivion had, where the pacing and urgency is all off. You were given this <laughs> super yeah. important, you know, this this quest that is supposed to be super important to you. You've got to rescue your baby son, but then it throws all of these side quests in front of you and they're all way more interesting.
2: Well, I think that's the fatal decision with this film, Like right? This is it's film uh, no. game is that um, essentially, uh, and this is the thing that I found with actually having a character voice as well. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but um, in games like Skyrim and stuff, you don't have the voice, so you can kind of imprint how your character would be reacting, even though you do have a few choices. I feel Whereas like, in this, this, your character is always
1: and... your character is always really sad about their baby whenever they mention them. Like, well, when? Why the fuck are you just wandering around ransacking things in the wasteland then? Well, yeah, you're exactly. You're that sad. It's,
2: <laughs> it's almost like an affront to the uh. But there's the Bethesda motto which is to go wherever you want. You know, mm. do whatever you want. It's kind of imposing an identity on you that you've never really chosen. You, yeah, you there's know, also the small um, it's, matter. It's much better to so go I, I
3: did see someone compare the dialogue of the different games. You know, when, when offered a quest, Fallout 1 and 2 would give you the options of, I want more information about this quest. I'll help with mm. this quest. Uh, I'll help with this quest if you pay me. I'm yeah. scientifically knowledgeable enough that I can resolve this quest right now for you. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to resolve this quest. I, I'm going to fight you right now. Sarcastic comment <laughs> or, you know, walk away. Fallout 3 would pretty much be the same. Uh, Maybe a couple of the sort of color Mm -hmm. options went away. Um, And now your options when you're offered a quest are yes, no, which sometimes means yes, maybe, which means yes later. No, which
1: means later. Yeah, no means yes later. And pay Pay me, me. which also means yes. Yeah. Yeah. It is really annoying.
3: Just bring back the option. But at the same time, you're wait. not going to not do missions, though, are you? But uh, You don't have to do them. How do you I mean, a lot it, of them are optional. Yeah. How, do you, how, do you, how do you get the XP? Cooking my
5: looks. <laughs> or, or building shit. shit.
3: Yeah. yeah. Or or going around, right, there or, was uh, one guy who was playing with pure charisma. Uh, that it Maxed out, and almost nothing else. Yeah. And his way of making mm-hmm. XP was to go up to someone and go, hey, do you have a quest for me? And they'd go, why, yes. And he would go, pay <laughs> me. And they'd go, okay, and he'd get a bit of XP for persuading them to pay him. He'd go, pay me more! <laughs> yeah. And he'd get a bit of more XP. Pay me more! Get a bit more XP. Oh, I can't ask you for any more money. I'm not going to do the job. Bye. Yeah! yeah. <laughs> God damn con, man. So a fun way of
2: playing. But anyway, um, yeah, like I think it's it's a shame, because uh, um, as much as I do kind of, I am kind of still interested by the storyline. I'm, uh, I I do feel like more than ever, it's kind of uh, got quite a fair bit of tunnel vision going
3: on. It's Um, what New Vegas did right with the setting. New Vegas was a story of multiple factions squaring off against each other, and you felt like that was a situation that was brewing around you at whatever pace you moved through it. It felt natural. There was no individual Mm. urgency on you beyond braining Benny for shooting you, fuck him. Once that was resolved. But
1: even to do that, you needed to make your way to New Vegas, which would take some time because it was a long way away and you couldn't just go directly north because that was full of death claws. But
3: even then, once that immediate concern is out of the way, you have this bubbling, boiling situation that you are... Every side quest you're doing is, is nudging that situation along, but it never feels like
1: because it's helping a fa- it's helping a faction yep. or messing over a faction or it's just funny But Bethesda you know
3: have twice gone for your beloved family member is missing go get them but not yet because here's yeah. a whole funfair of
0: stuff to do first and that's a problem <laughs> there's there's a there's a thing I uh, reblogged a little while ago which I'll, I'll just read out for you now um which says the the one thing that feels the worst about Fallout 4 is the main character themselves like, in Skyrim and New Vegas, your character is just some asshole. It doesn't matter who they are or what their role in the world is. The story leaves it open to you just to do whatever the fuck you want as soon as you walk out of that cave, because your character has no predetermined traits. You, you choose what they were doing beforehand. In Fallout 4, you're a mild-mannered, middle-class person living in a peaceful world. So, when you step out of the vault, there's already an established character here. It makes no sense for this regular Joe to step out of the vault with all of their senses mm-hmm. intact, then put a bag on their head, cover themselves <laughs> in slice, and declare, declare themselves Dr. Fuckface, Warlord See, of the Wastes. See, I, I disagree, but you have to slightly headcanon it. Like,
1: we don't know. that they were so horribly repressed in that. Not well, even for the dystopian, that, fascist, 50s. We don't world. know how is, good is, that of technology
3: is... is. We don't know if it has any <laughs> long-term
0: effects. Uh, you could come out of there <laughs> also, a bit damaged. There is one response to it. There is one response to it, which is just, look, I'm just saying I'm a mild man, and a middle-class person living in a somewhat peaceful world, and I would declare myself Dr. Fuckface <laughs> right now if I could. <laughs> but this is why I
3: play but yeah, you were
1: given. Uh,
0: the, the Fallout Fallout
3: 3 and Fallout 4, the way I do, which is my first playthrough, I kind of burn my way through the plot pretty quickly because I want to see what happens. I am interested in the plot.
1: But at least in Fallout 3, you were given way more ability to say who your character was because you went through literally their entire childhood and you could flirt with, you know, you could decide on the sexuality of your character. Pretty early. This isn't early, about
3: you could... so much as the, the urgency problem. Okay. Of the plot.
1: you could eat that sweet roll <laughs> in front of that stupid, stupid tunnel snake's face and just shove it in your own mouth and go, yeah, yeah. I mean, do you want it now? You want it now? It no, it's in my cool. mouth. I like to
5: throw it on the floor and stand
1: on it. <laughs> no, I always ate it. I always ate it. And just, I was like,
0: out. I don't even want it because you want it. I like to offer it to them because maybe then they'll let me let me join their gang. <laughs> But in terms of the the
3: agency of the narrative, my well, first playthrough, I have both the character's urgency and my own curiosity. I, I genuinely want to see how the plot plays out, so I'll I'll rush through it. And sure. I've done that. Yeah. I know how it ends.
1: I literally don't care at this point. I think, is and the this problem. is the thing, not as badly as with Skyrim, where I literally did. I, I care. want to not
3: care. I see, I found I cared more, so my term. second playthrough, I I have no personal agency to get through the plot. I've done it. So now I can really settle in and just pick a direction and walk until I find a landmark and do whatever the fuck I want. The character urgency doesn't bother me at all. It's my own curiosity that gets in my way.
1: See, it's I have literally the opposite problem. Because the plot isn't great consistently with Bethesda games, I have no person no particular personal agency like Literally, the only urgency I can drum up is the in-character one, which I guess was the issue with Skyrim, especially. Although with Oblivion, it was trying to give me as much character urgency as possible by throwing Oblivion gates everywhere, and I just started ignoring them out of spite. So I Yeah, don't really see, know. I don't have yeah. any
3: particular drive to get through the plots of Elder Scrolls games in the same way. Uh, Bethesda's Fallout games have both hit me with an urge to finish the plot for two different reasons. Fallout 3 was the first new Fallout in years and years and years, and I wanted to play Fallout, and I wanted a Fallout story. Um, Now, Fallout 4's drive for me comes from Fallout 3, which is, in Fallout 3, there is a side mission called the Replicated Man, wherein you learn of the Railroad and Synths and the Institute, this shadowy technological organization based in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts, that makes artificial people and the railroad that helps them to freedom. And when they announced that Fallout 4 was going to be set in Boston, I was like, the Institute, yes, (laughs) I want to know more. Which
1: which is no longer allowed to be called the Massachusetts Institute of Technology like it was previously. No, it's now the Commonwealth
3: Institute of Technology because in Fallout 4 universe... The Commonwealth of Massachusetts was renamed simply the Commonwealth.
1: Whereas in New Vegas, the Massachusetts, the Massachusetts Institute MIT. of Technology, MIT, yes, went to live in a giant canyon and turned into crazy brains in jars, which was a much preferable situation because then, I, because then I got to set two light switches against <laughs> each other. In a battle for my affection. Now, the institutes <laughs> actually
3: are really interesting in Fallout Four because they represent a real departure in tone from the Fallout games. Fallout games are very much based on retro futurism. There is the sort of future that the 50s and 60s envisioned was the sort of state of the world when the bombs dropped. So cars have massive fins, and everything is greasers and leather jackets, and um, but the music is oddly more sort of 40s and 50s feeling
0: even, even go back to the oh, yeah. and stuff with
3: the mm. league sports. Um, but the Institute are high-tech they are robots they are replicants they are you know advanced fusion rifles and I really like that being in the middle of my Fallout game because it is a sci-fi setting I like having yeah. both of them there I'm
1: not okay I'm not against that. I'm not against any of that. I just significantly preferred the hilarity of the Brains in Jars and having to fight them. Oh, for I love the Brains in Jars. Don't get me
3: wrong. The whole of New Vegas had so much character. And getting
1: really, really angry at them because Cajadors were their fault.
4: Cajadors. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah.
1: They made those and a ver- various other things. Those I'm weren't the- just natural shit. They with, made those. With
0: like, urgency in Bethesda games at Wanda, I was just. Realised, is the first like thing you've got to do. The first thing you get told to do in Morrowind is go get a job. Yeah, right, get, get a job. job. Just get a job. Yeah, and there's really no urgency to do that that makes more sense. though.
1: Yeah. yeah, that <laughs> makes sense. That's a really good first objective. It's like how in Dragon Age Two, your the main plot is. Continue to try and survive while people yep. are doing stupid shit around you. Why are they doing this? You just want to make some money and hang out with your well, friends. What are Morrowind
0: they here? Dragon Age 2 had those moments where you'd go up to people at the beginning part of the game and be like, Hey, do you have any jobs you want me to go and do? Like, you know, the whole, give me a question. And there were certain people who just go, no, no, go away.
2: <laughs> <Eat>. <laughs> Leave me, me alone. alone. GG. There's the one in, similar in The Witcher, actually. Yeah. Um... One of the most the recent Witcher game, um, this guy is like, oh, oh, you know, I've um, I've lost my ring. It's a precious ring, and I don't know where I'm going to find it. You go, I, you know, I, 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 could help you find that. They're like, no, it's my own business. I'll sort it out myself. Mind your own business. <laughs>
4: and They walk away.
3: <laughs> I was like, so, oh, Morrowind was ingenious because there was no urgency to the plot. You could play a really long time before you discovered there was a plot and yes yet, as i found out and when you <laughs> encounter the plot it feels like just another side quest because it's full of little groups and factions who have a series of missions for you and interconnecting missions so you can do, go and do all these side plots and think oh this is a really fun game it's just a sandbox with with just stuff to discover and different people to help and then one of these quests just leads to another quest to another quest to another quest, and you think wow this is this is a long chain of quests, and then suddenly you're in the plot and you don't even realize it suddenly, well, that's, suddenly, that's, you're that's, Jesus. That's,
2: yeah, that's the beauty of it really like um the strength of Bethesda is where you have your own sort of like Iliad going on you you're not, you're just the hero at the center of loads of different stories you know where where your hero once comes across this situation or this situation, um like Greek mythology or quantum leap or Mad Max, would be all. <laughs> oh, Mad Max! Exactly. Like it's just a
3: really good, like, um, bring, sort of template for like back a to, sandbox game. You bring just it
5: Yeah.
3: Well, the two are very closely connected because you know you have the iconic image of Fallout is the lone wanderer in his vault suit, but with the leather armor strapped mm-hmm. over it, wandering down the, yeah. the cracked road with the dog at his side. And the iconic and image of that- Mad Max is Max in his, you know. Leather jacket and leather armor bolted mm. over the top of it, walking down a cracked highway with his dog at his side, and it's a, it's a direct reference. You know, the two rift off each other. I will other. also point
0: out that, as I remember it, the, the, the shot of the, the the vault dweller with the dog was the one they used for the the uh, the news announcement that now companions were romanceable. It was <laughs> no um, <laughs> damn. It's
3: when you link something on Facebook, it will pick an image from the page. And that oh. was unfortunately the one it chose when you linked that article. So it had a picture of the, vo- the Lone Wanderer with dog meat saying, Companions Romanceable. And it
0: was like, oh no, no. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. no.
3: <laughs>
2: Speaking of the uh, the first appearance when you meet your dog and when you're leaving the vault for the first time, though, uh, I'm sure we're all going to agree in saying that there's one thing that Bethesda always deliver on, and we sort of touched on it earlier, is the music. Mm-hmm. Like when you're stepping out of that vault for the first time, and there's the newly arranged Fallout theme that's playing as you emerge blinking into the sun. It's gorgeous. Um, That whole beginning
3: for me was was great. I also like that whilst they've changed the intro so that it is now, because you have a voiced protagonist, it is Nate doing The War Never Changes. No, no, there is a Ron Perlman. Oh Which is uh, When The TV starts to announce That the bombs are dropping That's
4: Ron Perlman Oh of
0: course Yeah Yeah he's the announcer
4: Yeah Uh,
1: Yeah I'm still kind of pissy About Nate Doing the voiceover Because it just Further Cements the idea That he's the correct Main character
3: And he's not I'm never going to play as him
1: Now he's
0: dead and I don't care.
1: (laughs) But it's like, you know, it's set up and it's like the other partner carries the baby, the other partner gets shot and it just really bugs me that that's always going to be the female character who, of course, wasn't in the army. She's a lawyer, canonically, as her background.
0: Which makes her more badass for going around, like, blowing up raiders. Mm. Mm Mm-hmm but there is a
3: huge problem with the default in this game that it's something Bethesda have yeah. never fallen victim to before but as soon as they bring the yeah. voiced protagonist they have the default
0: you know what? Now that because I'd forgotten that she was a lawyer, I think from now on, whenever I blow anyone up with a with a rocket launcher or a rifle, I'm going to shout things like "objection."
1: Okay, sure. <laughs> that does make it better, you know. It's why mine just asks obnoxious question after obnoxious question to everyone she meets.
0: Uh, but how can you sure?
3: There, there are some wonderful, wonderful moments of emergent gameplay, though very true to Bethesda. Like there was one moment where I. I Colossally fucked up and just laughed myself dead. Which is, you join quite early on, or are given the option to join quite early on, a group called the Minutemen. Based on the the Minutemen of history, they are, you know, the fast response group. there to help at a minute's notice. And... Liberty! Yes, very, very Boston. Very Freedom Trail. Rah. And they have an old stronghold called the Castle. Uh, which, yeah. which you liberate and, and you can set it up as one of your settlements you can you know build there, and in fact you have to build certain things there. There is a whole mission about restoring the artillery. Now, once you've built a few artillery gun emplacements, it's a really cool feature, actually. You're given these signal flares, uh, well, smoke flares. Uh, You're given a flare gun earlier on to summon help. But now you're given these smoke grenades and you throw them and it calls down an artillery strike on that location. Very cool. As long as you're within range of artillery emplacements, which you can build in all your settlements now. And as part of the quest, once you've set them up, you're given the grenades and told, now we're going to test fire it, you know, just get our eye in. And it's so you can learn the mechanic. So you throw a smoke grenade in an abandoned house, blow it up. Cool. Awesome. So I did that and went on my merry way and did a couple of side quests. And I found myself on a rooftop about an hour later fighting some super mutants. And I instinctively chucked a grenade because I saw a couple of them hide behind the same bit of shelter. Except I hadn't re-equipped my grenades. I was still holding the smoke grenades. And I was on a rooftop with nowhere to go, and suddenly I'd called down a minute-man artillery attack on my location. Danger close, guys! And they bombed me to death. But at least as I died, I watched the super mutants run around in abject panic because they had nowhere to go either.
1: Uh, the grenades. I've only really used grenades once, and that was when I found a group of raiders who were living in a quarry, and I just had so much fun just running around the top of the quarry in stealth, throwing grenades down it. Because no matter where I threw it, I hit a raider. It was great. Do you need a perk
3: to throw grenades and vats? Can you throw grenades? You can't in vats because at they're all? not targeted.
0: I- therefore a targeting no. system won't help you they used to the, be. The, the last the last ones you could they're, they're not targeted yeah because if you're me they will only ever hit one target which is the ground an inch in front of you <laughs> oh god i'm on fire <laughs> that's why i asked really yeah. there's been some incidents <laughs> <laughs> be and that yeah. is
1: why i only use them in the quarry because i'm like well this is literally no threat to me and they're just gonna i,
5: smell
2: I do enjoy this. i do enjoy throwing them in every now and then just for a laugh um yeah, or shooting a um um a mini new Connor super mutant
0: or something. That's always a hoot. Wait till Dog has grabbed someone, then throw a Molotov
5: Cause oh, the dog's quite Oh my one. god, yeah, god that's me.
0: That's
5: one works, of
1: the <laughs> That's He's one immortal. of the reasons I haven't been using grenades that much because Kate, God bless her, will run up with her shotgun and just hit people in the face. And I'm like, uh, for God's sake, Kate, him. I can't just <laughs> another stim pack on you.
4: Now, I'm I'm. I use my obviously ah,
3: it, It's getting quite late, and I think we've covered a lot of this. Um, so we'll, yeah. I, I'm sure you have a few yeah. more things on your list that you want to run through, Zoe. I. Uh,
1: I can't be bothered.
3: But there was one thing I absolutely wanted to cover before we did close this, and that's that we can ask Irish his opinion of Kate. Kate. Have you met her yet? Kate. Kate. No? We'll have to wait for a later episode.
4: She is the (laughs) Irish companion, and... Oh, no, no, I've not met Kate. Because don't forget, I've not been uh, to Diamond City or that sort of area yet. Uh, yes, I uh, yeah. your... I've been playing for 48 hours and not been to Diamond City. I,
3: I do. When you've met her, please let us know so we can get your opinion on how Irish she is.
0: Or, to be more precise,
3: how Irish <laughs> she is. <laughs> Irish. Oh, no.
4: Oh, Irish. I've,
0: got put, I've got to point out as well, I ha- I've seen Kate only through Alex's playthrough because, like, she's his girlfriend. Yeah, no, I've not seen Kate. But... He's now also like flirting with Curie, so I'm like, you do realise your your <laughs> girlfriend is an Irish pit fighter? Yes, she's a pit fighting, <laughs> drug addict, angry I, I, Irish girl.
1: I, I, this yeah. was why I <laughs> romanced her after Piper, because I figured Piper was going to be way more... Well, also the fact that whenever I said goodbye to Piper to pick up Kate or vice versa, Kate would say, oh, I wish we could make a threesome. And Piper would go never make it. It's never going to happen. So I'm like, okay, they already know the score. Okay, it's fine. (laughs) Is is she
4: from the combat zone?
1: Yes. Okay, I found the combat zone, but I haven't been. Right, go in there, kill all the
3: raiders, meet Kate, and let us know what you think.
1: (laughs) (laughs) She's amazing. She's a busty, frackly redhead.
3: Don't go into the combat zone lightly, Irish.
1: Right, no,
4: sold. So straight to the combat zone. She
3: is awesome, and she's also the source for one of my favourite mods so far. Uh, because of course it's no. a Bethesda game and there are mods. Um which is she wears yeah. a sort of leather corset and leather jeans combo. Which is right. in structure not hugely dissimilar to what Harley wears in the Arkham games. Uh,
5: so sure someone has <laughs> cloned
3: it and reskinned it as Harley's Leathers. Uh there's also the blonde nice. pigtails available. And Quinn is one of the surnames that Cog- uh, Cogsworth recognises. Uh, and you can also get a red baseball bat.
0: Awesome. And lots and lots of red socks underwear. That's portable. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh yes, red socks.
3: But yeah, the... It's uh, great. It's, it's Boston. It is, from what I know of Boston, Boston. What a lot of people I know who know Boston... Say, it's It's a scaled down, much like the Capital Wasteland was, but pretty faithful sort of homage to Boston. It's fifties, 60s retrofuturism, apocalypse, paranoia-based setting. The Institute is fascinating. One thing I do salute Fallout 4 for, there's no good guy. There's no bad guy, there's no good guy. There's no easy choice. That's all I'll say about the ending. Fair enough. And. There never is. I'm going to eat everyone. And yes, you can eat everyone. Which is. <laughs> that's <easy laughs> choice. That's yeah. your One thing. One by at a time. It is actually a lot harder to play an evil character this time.
1: Because you are constantly railroaded into. I'm going to go save my son! And I'm yeah, going to go really save true. my baby! It's really go-
0: true? I'm going to go save my baby, because you know what? with some pickles, and a bit of <laughs> my meat, that, that is the ultimate meal. <laughs> <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back, baby back ribs. Ah. I mean, in Fallout
3: 3 you really had choices to nuke Megaton, really betray people, really be an evil bastard. Yeah. Those opportunities don't exist in Fallout 4. Ah.
1: The best you can do is ignore what Preston tells you. And eat you. people. And eat people.
0: That's about we... it. I'm going to eat people. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Bon the, the, the closest yeah.
3: thing you come to that is if you've sided with multiple factions at the end, you, you're going to have to betray someone. And that's not evil so much as making a choice. You know, They're not going to appreciate it, but it's, it's
0: not what I would say an objectively, moralistically evil choice. You sound like that, that bit of dialogue where you just like, I've got an idea. It's not illegal, <laughs> sort of, technically. It is a dick move, though. I love it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> so, with a combined right. playing time of between us, we must have 230, 240 hours. I was
0: were going to say 210 years or so.
3: No, although the god statistics um, when it came out, holy shit. Did you see the it's been out a yeah. day and humanity yeah. is. Spent, what, however many years it was playing it? 500 500 years years? in a day? It's not bad. Wow! It's a game release so strong that Pornhub measured a significant drop in traffic on launch day. (laughs) (laughs) Do we all think it's a winner?
1: I'm enjoying it. It's know. okay. Yeah,
2: I think it's very strong, and I think we we are still lucky to have games like this.
4: <laughs> I love it. So it's like it's okay. She's only been playing it for like ninety ninety nine hours. <laughs> yeah,
3: <so. laughs> and that's I mean Pretty that much, has been yeah. my sort of my uh, compact review of Fallout Four to everyone who's asked me if it's worth getting. I'm like, it's not perfect, but I've played forty hours of it. Yeah. So there's clearly something compelling there.
4: I played forty I hours in two weeks.
0: So. I didn't really enjoy yeah. it until I got the opportunity to build mad houses. Yeah, I think I think it's a slow build. I would really set.
1: like a game that is just settlement management at this yeah, point.
3: Well, oh yeah, there'll be more of that coming. Soon well, there. well then, finish oh. the slot and then keep playing after, and that's pretty much all that's left. So,
1: <laughs> yay! <Yeah. laughs> I know, but I want more settlement management because I want to micromanage their stupid <laughs> lives, <It's> not <laughs> quite oh, yeah, to the
0: level of settlements first. I want to build between my settlements so that my settlement eventually becomes one giant megacity spanning <laughs> the entirety of Boston. Don't worry, mods are
3: coming. <laughs> yes, excellent. I, am I, I fully expect a build anywhere mod to come along really quickly. Yeah. I want yeah. a sky fort. Look there, in the sky. It's a sky fort. Is what they'll say. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it now, Rob? Is that what they will can say? Can you build well, your well, sky well, fort so high well, into the well, sky actually, you can we'll launch see. an attack against the Brotherhood Zeppelin? Yes. So you know. You know. I know the score. You know those. Th- oh, jump packs on power armor. I'll leave you with that thought. Win. <laughs> Any see. other final thoughts? I'm oh, to- sorry. I thought I was it. <laughs> uh...
2: I'm gonna fuck a ghoul. I'm gonna watch. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. <laughs> I thought that. do you have been listening to of stage one? I have been Simon.
0: <laughs> I have been inappropriate Sunday.
2: I have been delicate Jim. <laughs> <I'm-> <laughs> I-
1: <laughs> and I have been sorry.
2: Goodbye. get it in the nose hole.
1: Maybe. I don't think I don't think he'll let you. Nah. To be honest. I think he has opinions. Well I know I think he has a very strong will <laughs> and you're not gonna be able to do anything he doesn't oh, want to do. Oh, I'm
4: hoping he's got a strong will. <laughs> <laughs> oh fuck, I, got, I got to mention about the fucking monkeys. Oh the fucking the monkeys
1: monkeys the fucking I monkeys those fucking Oh monkeys. my god I hate them. Oh we forgot to mention the teddy
2: bears! It's too late. We'll do a second episode. Yes, we will. (laughs)